Hello, listening people. Hello. You're listening to Spit and Polish Presents Unappreciated Masterpieces. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan Swinski. And I'm, I guess, the other host, Bartek. You sure? I could be a host, could be a butler, I don't know. <laughs> you're, you're Bartler, because you're Bartek. Not a bar technician. No. <laughs> that would be good, too. Now, Bartek, on our show Unappreciated Masterpieces... That's this one. That is this one. We do have another show... Which is the mystery box, but that's not this. Is that the one of the Christopher Lloyd films? No, no. We will do a show in which we just talk about Christopher Lloyd movies, but not yet. We're oh, doing nice. Unappreciated Masterpieces. What do we do on that? For those who aren't in the know. You know, the ones that aren't a part of the club. You know, our special club for the fans. What do we do, though? Are we part of that club? No. Right, <laughs> no. Enough, we're not our own fans. We're our own critics, though. So there you go. So what do we do on this? Well, Ryan, it's the show, it's named after the things that we talk about, the unappreciated masterpieces. You sure? I think so. And what are those? Those are the films that people have forgotten, or they have never known. Or they didn't give enough love to? Maybe they were ahead of their time. Yeah. These are the kind of films that people wouldn't have in their top ten lists, perhaps. Unless they're like... Like it, Unless they're not, us. Not that I think <laughs> that, but the society would think they're really weird. Okay, fair enough. The fair films enough. like the one that we are doing today are oh. films that need more love, need more appreciation. Hence, we call them the unappreciated masterpieces. Fair enough. And we are called Spit and Polish, of course, because mm-hmm. we are always spitting because we're humans and have saliva. And as and we, we know, that's the most underrated, unappreciated <laughs> bodily function. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we are both Polish. Tuck, you know. tuck. I don't know what that means. I don't speak Polish. Translation, but... yes, yes. <laughs> oh, okay. See, I am Polish, don't speak it. It's a very hard language, Bartek. And Mr. Schlewinski does not speak Polish. I don't even know how to say my own last name in Polish. <laughs> I just use the Anglo-Saxon version. So, Bartek... Plumwinski. It does mean plum, apparently. That is a fact. So, mm. Bartek, what is the movie we're going to be covering? Ryan, I am happy to say that the movie we are doing today is Johnny Mnemonic. Oh, no, don't know. What is it? I don't speak Polish. I think you're speaking what? Polish. Is that Polish? Yeah. For what? For the film that we're doing today, Johnny Mnemonic. Nope. You have to give it to me in English. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to get it this time around. <sighs> Even though we've already established you don't speak Polish, I keep making this mistake. What is this, episode 114? More than that, but Maybe, go on. okay. <laughs> the film we are doing, Ryan, is Johnny Mnemonic. Oh, Johnny Mnemonic. <laughs> <laughs> I pronounce it with an M when there shouldn't be one. Well, it starts with one, so it should be, right? <laughs> yeah. So, Johnny Mnemonic, the classic Keanu Reeves movie from what year? 1990. Five? Was it? <laughs> I can't remember. I think either. it's 1995. We'll find out during the episode. But Bartek, we have some guests with us this episode. Not, not Did just you say some. We usually just have one guest. We yeah. usually only reserve the show for one special guest. You know, God we've, decides who they are. We've but... only ever had two or three people on at once, Ryan. So is it, yeah, are you this saying is... this is different. And is this a crossover episode too? What are we doing? A show with another podcast? I think so. Are you sure? I mean, I wasn't sure about the title of the show. Can I be sure about this? Yeah, yeah, you can be sure. <laughs> okay, I am then. So you want to introduce the crossover guests? I can do that. Go on. Ladies and gentlemen, we are joined by two of the four hosts of the show, San, San, San Dimas School of Film. You, want to, you, 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 you almost got it. <laughs> Did I get it wrong? Yeah, you got it right. Oh, 
then why almost? You you didn't know what it, you were you're tripping over and saying. I couldn't remember if it was San or Saint. No, oh, it's San. San. So hello, Tim Ooh, the, and Al. The Saint Demus. We could be we could be saints. Yeah, yeah. we are saints. <laughs> Steady on. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Calm down, guys. Hey, thanks for having us, guys. Uh, no problem. Of course, this is our first ever show where we have had the people that are podcasters. Great day, buddy. We've had other people who've been on podcasts or friends, like Bartek used to be on a podcast with a friend, <laughs> not just me. Um, so what do you guys do on your one? All right, I'll do this. Um, <laughs> and uh, which one are you? Just for the Oh, I'm Tim, by the way. Hi, Tim. Um, so what? Me, Al. Yes. Hi, Al. So Hi, Ryan. Uh, we, uh, we review film, and but we base all our reviews on... Well, we relate them back to Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. So, um, and it? you've reviewed Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, yeah? Oh yeah. Well, no, we haven't. W- no, we <laughs> have, just not on the show. So, oh, okay, yeah. fair enough. Um, Bogus Journey definitely done on the show, right? No, no, no. no. <laughs> okay, fair enough. No, Makes no, too much sense. Yeah. No, exactly. So we, yeah, we're obviously all four of us are big fans of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. So, yeah, so we rate against that. So Bill and Ted's is 100% and we rate films based on whether we think it's better or worse. And How many films are 100% on yours? Like, oh, we've had a couple. Films? Yeah, we've, we've had, had a couple. couple. I don't know, Blues Brothers came close. Blues uh, Brothers. Wayne's World well. did well. Wayne's World well. I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. We've had um, Wayne's World 2, yeah? We well, did we them did. both together. So. Oh, well, that's fair enough. And we've had plenty that have gone over 100% as well. Yeah. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. We've, uh, over know. Bill and Ted, wow. Well, it's pretty impressive. Like, it all comes down, like, none of us prepare... Our ratings until yeah, well same. you do sometimes. I Al. do a little bit, but basically, um, sometimes you'll look back at your rating and go, yeah, no, nah. it's just kind of it's a feel of the moment more. Same here, really, yeah. Same so, here, you know, the film for us defines what our but rating will be. It's, it's a foolproof system. Oh yeah, flawless. It is absolutely flawless. Like it's a, a great system. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's great. So you guys, San Dimas School of Film. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um. Yeah. You cover pretty much pretty much everything. You just did Dead Poets Society. I'm pretty sure we did. Yeah, um, and 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 Spice World before that. Yeah. Like, like I, you know, obviously I'm subscribed to you guys. It's always like a joy what one will be. It'll be something silly like Spice World, then something like <laughs> Dead Poets Society. You well, know, the one with Rob, we, like serious one with suicide. We feel that same joy as well because <laughs> oh, we don't good. necessarily know what's coming up. Uh, we get listener requests in, which is how we came to watching Spice World. Oh, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, and, and, then, and Adam Sandler as well. Like we wouldn't usually. We've only done one Adam Sandler on this yeah. show, and that it's was uh, Bedtime Stories. It's probably enough. His best film. Our, I reckon ours was worse. We did Zohan. Oh yes. well, we loved Bedtime Stories. It had Russell Brand in well, it. We I love, mean, what else uh, can you ask for? Well, everything we do on this show is the greatest film ever made. So Yeah, that's... same. same. I agree. 100%. So we're going to be doing Johnny. You don't have to agree with me, Ryan. I've said the facts. Okay. <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe I want to be contrarian to you. So we're, uh, we are going to do Johnny Mnemonic now, right? We're going to tell the, I'm going to tell the audience what they have to do because you guys, you guys have to do some, some legwork. You know? We're not one of those podcasts that just talks to you. We're going to make you do some legwork as well. Are you the host of the show? They're not audience. They're listening people. Oh, listening people. Sorry. I, I, I've screwed up there, Bartek. So <laughs> you listening people at home, you're going to have a copy of the film. Because I imagine you all have a copy of, of the film. I mean, I, 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 we all do, don't we? Isn't it in everyone's collections? You know, it's it's. I'm pretty sure it's archived in, you know, where they put all those great films. Well, it's an unappreciated masterpiece, but so maybe if you dig deep, you'll find it. You'll find it. So get your copy ready, because I'm going to do a countdown from three, and I'm going to go down to one and say play, and you're going to press play when I say play. So hopefully you're lined up with us when we are watching the film as we talk about the greatness of Keanu Reeves and 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 Co. You know, there's there's many people in this movie. Mm-hmm. So get ready because we're gonna start this in three, two, 
one play. So we was, are. Was that enough time for people to get their VHS machines out yeah. of the attic? Oh Let's yeah. See, uh, so we are seven seconds in. Eight seconds in, just for you guys. Yeah, no, no, I'm still rewinding, Ryan. Wait, (laughs) you think that they have a clean copy as well? They have to clean. They got to clean the heads. It's got dirty heads. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they've accidentally recorded something in the middle part of it as well. Uh. Like they accidentally recorded over like the great section in which you get like iced tea telling them how it is because oh yeah iced tea is in this movie (laughs) in case you didn't want in case we wanted to skip over that so here we are with the blade runner like beginning Mm. in which they're telling you the great story of this world look the info wars happened there's a lot of information here it's too much isn't it uh (laughs) it's enough though because look we got the info wars so we know where alex jones got inspired Mm -hmm. um in this universe, which I do believe takes place in 20... 21. I think. 21. Brains That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're almost there. Like, there's a l- this, oh. this is very episode one Star Wars type trade negotiation type. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's too much. It's game. very oh, Blade Runner. It's still going. It's still going. It's very... Don't forget <laughs> the Blade Runner used to do this too. When I started watching the film, I had food in front of me and I was like, yeah, I'm going to eat while watching this. <laughs> text here, and I'm like, okay, I have to wait for the text to... I was that idiot that was having a hard time reading it because it's like this light That's shooting at you. So, in case you didn't get the full gist of it, it's the future. People are suffering from a very, It's still the future for us in the present day. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're still not up to the Johnny time. We're three years away. I can't Uh, wait. um, In the future, people are suffering from a terrible disease... Um, the NAS. Yeah, over basically yeah. over reliance on technology makes the well, syndrome for you or something. We don't know that necessarily because in this film they don't know what happens when that occurs. They mm. Henry Rollins just speculates at one point you get this disease because technology, man, it's everywhere. <laughs> even even I use it because I'm a doctor. I rely on technology. It's, it's a like gr- you great don't impression, say. I'm I know Henry yeah, very yeah, well. That's pretty well. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> I I nailed that. You know, I could be singing black flag if i really wanted to but i'm too busy podcasting just like henry is nowadays i think we need to keep in mind as well this is like directly after he did speed well that's something i wanted to talk about you guys obviously bill and ted is the best keanu movie for you guys Ooh, yeah it's pretty yeah yeah Yeah, i reckon yeah now he's the duology or just it's a it's it's like an onion there's so many layers layers. of keanu that (laughs) there's no one ultimate version well well that's the thing i i i 100 agree my favorite keanu is also bill and ted keanu because it is the one that he doesn't have to do much acting well yeah he is it seems the most keanu keanu Exactly. So that's 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 him in a nutshell. But in this movie, you said it's after Speed. This is this interesting period of time in which they're still trying to figure out how to market Keanu Reeves mm. because he did Bill and Ted, and it's like oh comedy, and that's kind of what I would say that's one of the first things that kind of launched him, right? Yeah. And then you get stuff like. Well, then we had Point Break. Point Break and Bram Stoker's Dracula somewhere in there, I'm pretty sure, mm. and, 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 and Speed and this, and then eventually The Matrix. And yeah. then once The Matrix happens, that defines him. Like, he's that guy who does sci-fi kung fu action. Mm. And every now and then they'll try and throw him into a romance movie, and it's like, why would you do this? And now he's this action man because he's John Wick now. Yeah. He's like, I'm, I'm John Wick. But this is during this interesting time where they were chucking him yeah, on just anything. sort of throwing him at everything. Throw and, him anywhere yeah, you yeah. want. Now, because uh, the I always got this confused with uh, Chain Reaction. Okay, I haven't um, seen Chain Reaction, which I think has Morgan Freeman in it. Of course, it does. And it's yeah, like 
I, can't. I don't think I've seen that. Is he? He has long hair in that, doesn't he? Sure, <laughs> sure. I, I don't know. know. <laughs> I don't know. But I always remember getting these two. I'm like, is that the one with? Yeah. Anyway, I don't even know Chain Reaction. I'm not the aficionado of Keanu's life. I'm that one asshole that doesn't like the Matrix. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm that one guy who's like, I hate Keanu Reeves in the Matrix, <laughs> which makes me... Well, look, it's been great. Uh, yeah, thanks for having well, us. Look, um, at, look at the time. Yeah. Look at the time. Yeah. No, I'm that... First uh, crossover success. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I like him in Bill and Ted. No, I'm that one guy... Oh, we're back. I'm that one guy who doesn't like him in the Matrix. I'm like, could you, we cast someone who I believe could be a guy who works at an office? Yeah. <laughs> Just like, that's the one thing. It's like... The one thing that I never get over in The Matrix is you have to believe him as this normal guy who works yeah. in an office and likes computers. Like, Keanu Reeves? Are he's, you sure? Like, To be fair, he's not normal for very long. No, but it does hinge on that for quite some time to be like, oh, it's not... The situation's not normal for this average guy. I'm like, this guy's not freaking Jason Bateman. This guy's like... <laughs> this guy is, you know, point break. Yeah. So, when... Now, Bartek, we have to talk about the big dolphin in the room which is our history with the film that we are currently talking about do we have any history with this film any of us have any of us seen this movie before having to do it on the show nope uh, i i had seen it like i don't know forever ago yeah like probably not long after it came out oh yeah um, you didn't want to go see it in the cinema i see this is where i was getting confused because i think i saw chain reaction in the cinema but not this i look I think Chain Reaction was 97, maybe? Yeah. Okay. What maybe. a trash. Yeah, that sounds about right. Bartek, you saw in the cinema? <laughs> when you were, what, like, four? An infant, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and couldn't speak English yet? Yeah, no, I wouldn't have been. You would have to. loved this movie. <laughs> because Keanu's one of those actors who, it doesn't matter the language you speak, you understand what he's it's saying. A, yeah, I will give he's, him this. He speaks very clearly in this <laughs> He's a universal language in himself. Um, I have a history with this movie, a complicated history. Oh, that's right. It's complicated. My parents, I've talked about this on the show lots of times. My parents, yeah, when DVDs story. came to be, they had a huge VHS collection, but when DVDs came, they, 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 they just smacked on that immediately and they got everything. It's like, <laughs> like, oh, oh, I know that actor. I'll get this movie with them in it. Oh, I know this director. I'll get that. Oh, I, I like sci-fi. I'll get oh, this. There we go. Plug it in. Plug it in. Plug it in. His brain can Ooh. fit originally 80 gigabytes and then he upgrades it to 160 gigabytes. Ooh, yeah. That's a lot of brain space. But my history is my parents bought this on DVD and they're like, oh yeah, this is like Keanu before the Matrix. Yeah. And I'm like, we I'm like, <laughs> I probably saw this when I was like 10 or 11. And my parents are like, it's got all this cool stuff about the internet. And it has this, it has the Yakuza in it with like laser fingers and like, great. <laughs> and I watched it and I hated it. <laughs> I hated, hated, hated this movie. And I really hated Keanu Reeves in this movie because Keanu has... The unfortunate role of trying to be Harrison Ford in this movie, which is... Yeah, it's got a very hard, like, Being unlikable, but you like him. That suit yeah. doesn't fit either. No, it's not supposed to, though. Although it's very not, very 90s, very like, suits were always too big. And also, you got to consider that in this world, I think they're trying to hint at that, uh, uh, that Japan and China... Uh, are very influential in this world. So he has more like, of an Asian... They're the tech giants. Yeah, yeah, they they have... Hence he's in Beijing right now. He has like the more Asian style collar and like the suits more uh, kind of Asian looking and inspired than what he would wear if he was just like, you know, 
FBI man or whatever. So it's like... And I, some of the people he talks to are Asian-styled, as in they're from Asia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks, Vartek. I didn't notice that. Um, well, you got to pay attention. I, I hated yeah. this movie growing up. I watched it continuously because it was one of those ones where it's like, it puzzled me because I was like, maybe I'm too young to understand the full concepts of what's going on in Johnny. Like, you know, when was you... Was it just a premise that interests you, do you think? Like, the um, overall... I like sci-fi. Yeah. Um, I liked Laser Thumb Guy. Uh, I like Henry Rollins. That was probably the main reason. If you give me a movie with a musician that I like in it, I will watch it. Like, mm. I grew up watching the film Snow Day, which has Iggy Pop in it for no apparent <laughs> reason, and we've covered it on the show, and it's great. Uh, and I watched this continuously because like, oh, I love Henry Rollins. I grew up on Black Flag and Rollins Band in particular, and I watched this continuously because I was like, I like him in it. I don't, I mean... As a kid, I didn't understand why they cast him as a as a nerd, a scientist, yeah. <laughs> as a nerdy scientist. But I believe it now because he's a really smart guy, and I don't want to name drop guys, but I've met Henry Rollins. <laughs> <laughs> I did when he came down to Australia a year or two ago for a spoken word thing. I met him afterwards, and the first thing I asked him about was this movie. This is oh nice. Like, he's walking around signing things. I said, oh, sorry, Henry. I only had a CD for him to sign. I, I would have brought my copy of Johnny Johnny Mnemonic, but I didn't bring. I, I just couldn't find it. And he was, and all he had to say about the movie was, it was a fun shoot, man. Except for that Dolph Lundgren guy. <laughs> and he just ripped into Dolph Lundgren for a solid twenty minutes at me. Like like other people were standing outside of the cold, and he's just like. Originally, he was like, I've only got a few moments to talk to you, and blah, blah. And then he just ripped it into Dolph Lundgren for 20 <laughs> minutes. Like, he's like, that guy's a genius. He's actually really smart. He's got PhDs. He's a <laughs> physicist. Like, he's actually really intelligent. But he was grumpy, man. He didn't want to be there. He was really <laughs> annoyed, which made me annoyed. And I'm like... You don't want to annoy Henry Rollins. Can you, just, can you just talk like Henry Rollins for the rest of the episode? Hey, <laughs> hey, guys, it's me, Henry. It's like your impression of a lot of people. I do very generic impressions <laughs> of people. So, yeah, Henry told me that Dolph Lundgren was very, very grumpy. And uh, I, maybe he was method acting, because in this movie he plays a Jesus freak who likes to kill people well, Jesus theme. He's literally called Street Preacher, right? That's all his name is. Yeah. And he has such great lines as, It's Jesus time! Which... <laughs> Is the greatest in the greatest kind of one-liner before you stab someone. It's Jesus time and stab him with your with your knife that's shaped like a crucifix. Oh, of course, of course, or at least a sharpened crucifix. Now, Bartek, you hadn't seen this before. No. What did you expect was going to happen from this movie? When I said, "Hey, we're going to be doing this great Keanu Reeves movie," what did you think was going to happen? Well, I had heard of the film. Oh, good. In the sense that. Um, like a decade ago, I was watching some guy on YouTube who was reviewing the full motion video video game of Johnny Newmont. <laughs> okay. Wow. And from what I remembered of that, there was plugging your brain into machines. So that was what I was expecting. And I did get that. Oh, good. <laughs> but in terms of the actual plot, no, it, it took me the opening crawl of, you know, data couriers to, you know, plug in information in your brain, carry that around. So that gave me a lot of information, but before that, just plugging your head into machines was all I knew. And the and Keanu Reeves. Uh, oh, and Keanu, who you're a fan of, yes? Yeah, yeah, I, I love Will and Ted. Is that it for you? Is Correct. that where Keanu yes. Reeves for Correct you? Response. No, I've seen him in other things. I love Speed. That's the episode of your show that I've listened to, Speed. Nice, yeah, Speed. Um, Speed 2, though? Big fan? I haven't He's seen not it. in it, so... Willem Dafoe's in it, which is a good, <laughs> good enough. 
<laughs> is it though? Oh. <laughs> He's the villain, so yeah, it's okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. Um, <laughs> now they replaced him with some loser. <laughs> in that one, like Keanu didn't want to come back for Speed Two, and he was like, the director was like, "Fine then, I'll get some other guy." Mm. In, in all seriousness, though, well. in my transition from like primary school to high school, I think in that period, the two films that I'd seen more than any other still at this point would be like, Dude, Where's My Car? and Bogus Journey because my stepbrother would just play them all the time. <laughs> That's a question. Do you, do you like the first or second Bill and Ted or more? Like, which one do you like more? They equal. Because oh, I like, like... It's like asking you to pick your favourite child. Like, Well, look, I'd, I'd probably pick the first one. Okay. I I, look, I probably would too. Only but be... there's so much great stuff in the second one. I, there is. There is. I'm yeah. the fan of the second one more. Every time. If yeah. you're like, which one are you going to watch, right? Oh, second one. It's got death in it's it. It's big because got... they, they die and it, conquer the afterlife. It's like, one it's of the most huge. surreal steps you could take for a goofy comedy. Like, the first one's pretty surreal in itself with, like, time travel and all this stuff where they get all these historical figures. you got Napoleon being goofy and shit. But yeah. it's like... The second one is like, oh, they die. Like, yeah. we, murder, we them murder them and, yeah. and replace them with robot versions of themselves yeah. who are assholes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and de- who would have guessed that Death would be the best character yeah. in any comedy movie <laughs> we've, ever? We've got to, to get the- back to, to the world of the living by beating Death at Twister. <laughs> I said <laughs> And <plan>. Battleship. <laughs> I and- said, but yes. <laughs> you know what? You said mustard. I love William. That's the one movie I really love William Sadler in as well. Like, everyone yeah. loves him in Die Hard 2. I'm like... Nah, 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 it's Bill and Ted too, yeah. man. The fact, yeah. he was so good at that, that he took that character of death and redid it in other things like Tales from the Crypt and That's stuff. Right. He would do yeah. it, like, he did it a million times over and over again. I'm like, man, he could have just retired. Like, I ju- if I, look, sometimes when you're a performer, Bartek and I are actors... I'd love to have a role like that and then just retire. Like, well, I've done it. Um, yeah. There's no this need. It. I've this conquered is like, this medium. The, <laughs> no one's going to be a better... Have we had a better death? Since then, Ooh. character of death other than the guy from Horrible Histories, the uh, Family Guy Ryan. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Well, Very a, good point. That's a, that's a good answer. I'll give you that one. So, um, no, Bartek, Keanu, one or two, Bill and Ted, your favourite. I'm, I'm probably Bogus Journey. I've seen more, but I've, I've always liked the duology. It does have aliens in Bogus Journey. There are aliens, right? Yeah, aren't they, they like the smartest really entity or something? Specify, which is kind of like <laughs> they're muppets think, for sure. Well, it's what makes the film so successful, certainly for us, is that they they don't they just sort of brush over stuff without missing. What am I trying to say, Tim? Like they don't specify their aliens, for example. They don't spoon, but it doesn't them. really matter. Yeah, they're just these two. It's like monstery we're, things. Yeah, we're not human. Don't ask questions. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Don't it's, ask me questions. Yeah. I'm not a human. I don't just speak trust English. us. It's fine. Um, but I think the like the first one is just it's the innocence of it. I think because they're just kids. Like they're and kids and the they don't know one, what they're doing. And the second one, they die. <laughs> yeah. but, but they're trying to make friends with everyone. Like that's just all they're doing, and they just want to pass so they can stay friends. You it's know? been like, a very long time since I've watched either of them. Which one's the one where it has? They have the hot teacher, and she unzips herself, and she's just George Carlin. Yeah, that's the second. <laughs> one. Miss, Wo- Miss Woodrow. That's Pam Greer. And is it? Yeah. And the second one, is yeah. that the one also where to become the best guitar players, they learn from themselves from the future? They go, nah, they go. Isn't it? <laughs> they just disappear on stage. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. And, and they come and back old, like right? Oh, they come back and they have kids. old and beards and whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They come back looking like Z- uh, ZZ Top a bit. That's yeah. uh, We all want to look like ZZ Top. Mm. So Bartek, uh, out him, this film came out during the 
I want to call it the adolescence of uh, Keanu because he's still growing into his own. Mm. And look, he's got... Look, this is... Would you say this is one of the that first... Was, him. was that him? That was yeah. him in a disguise. A he yellow-faced up and everything. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> no, it's true. Uh. It's true. Now... Do we think that this is the beginning of Keanu's infatuation with Asian culture in in cinema? Because he goes on later to do, like, you know, The Matrix has it with, like, the Kung Fu stuff, and then he does 47 Ronin, Ronin, and he comes back again and again to this Asian aesthetic, and this is one of the first ones I can think of where it's actually a part of the movie. There was a movie where he played... Was like Little Buddha or something. <laughs> oh yeah, Have you seen that? <laughs> no, it's weird. Is he a kid? He's he's younger. I reckon it was eighties. I'll look it up. But yeah, Little it's, Buddha. It's, I think it's called Little Buddha. I'll, I'll, I'll... Does he kung fu fight in it? No, I don't think so. I can't, I've only seen bits of it because it was pretty cringy, to be honest. What? Um, no, it's Keanu. How could you, you say that? Exactly. Could but be an unappreciated masterpiece, Ryan. Little Buddha? <laughs> I really hope it's that. That's what it's called. So, yeah, this is the... I, I personally think this is one of the beginning points of of, of that in, in cinema. I Like, his cinematic stuff of incorporating Asianic aesthetics and cultural stuff into his movies because he does continue to do this. And it's not just like... He teams up with the Wachowskis who are all into Kung Fu and anime and all of that. He does it again with 47 Ronin and and obviously, you know, he keeps re, re, revisiting this and I wonder if Johnny is the first step towards that. For 93 him. was Little Buddha. so He's an adult. It's literally, <laughs> called, it's literally called Little Buddha. Okay, Little yeah. Buddha's the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, guys. Um, yeah. <laughs> Beautiful, maybe, maybe beautiful long hair. Just... Ma- you know what? I'm wrong. It's Bill and Ted because Genghis Khan's there, and he he really liked teaming <laughs> up with him for some wacky journeys, <laughs> so wacky wacky adventures. So, um, I've hated this film for a very long time, and I wanted to do it on the show because I keep revisiting this movie, being like, maybe when I'm older, I'll enjoy this. Have we ever had films like that where you're like, maybe I need to stew on this, mature on this. I don't think so. There, there are definitely things I've I've watched later and gone, oh, that makes a lot of sense now. Yeah. Or like I feel like the last time we watched Wayne's World, there was a lot of stuff in there where like, wow, that was was it Wayne's World? Something we did. Probably Wayne's World. What that you liked more as an adult? Well, we just sort of picked up a lot more as an adult. You're like, that's a pretty full on joke for a you essentially can, a kids movie. You can say it. Ed O'Neill is fucking crazy in Yeah. Wayne's well, I mean, World. there's a lot of stuff. There's there's a bit of stuff in Bill and Ted as well that's like yeah, pretty pretty like like the it's it's those tiny jokes in there like the um the the minor eatable complex mm. oh, that just flow over your head when you're a kid, but then you're like, oh, that's really funny. Or the when Napoleon's showing them the battle and they're like, I don't think it's going to work, and that was actually and the that- failed battle. Of- yeah. Like that he's showing that, them yeah. and stuff. Like you don't notice that as a kid. You're just like, oh well, um, you, you just go, oh yeah, they just they're just giving him a bit of shit, and then fair you know. enough. Bartek yourself, are there any of those kind of films like for me with Johnny where you have to revisit them time and time again to actually like them? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When I grew up, I finally knew what a condom was, so the reference in Greece made sense. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't expect that. 
Um, I think Blade Runner is one of those ones for me. Classic. I mean, this obviously is inspired a lot by Blade Runner. A lot of sci-fi so films much. were inspired by Blade Runner. Uh, I hated Blade Runner when I first saw it. I detested it. I didn't like it. I saw the director's cut and I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. And as I should hang out with Brad, Brad doesn't like it. And I've watched it time and time again. It's one of those ones like I don't like it, but I admire it. It's yeah. like one of those ones is like it's a fancy painting. I'm not gonna buy it, but I yeah. I don't mind it. And then I saw the second one and I like that one. I'm like I actually like this. I've had a lot of things where I've watched sort of landmark films like Blade Runner was one. Godfather was another one where I saw it the first time and I'm like, yeah, I don't really get it, but cool. All right. I'm, and then I gave it another go. I did it to both of them. I gave it another go and something happened that second time. And I'm like, that was amazing. Like just, mm. it worked for me. And yeah, it, yeah. So I've had a lot of those. I was like that with Terminator 1. I was like, it's all right. And then mm. I've watched it more. I'm like, yeah, it's really good because I always like Terminator 2 more. I'm, fair enough. I'm that guy. Mm. Um, Bartek, we've got a really address our female character in this movie. She's not wearing a dress. She's wearing just chain mail with no bra <laughs> underneath. <laughs> so, you know, we've been on sets for films uh, or TV shows. Mm-hmm. They're not, they don't, they're not very quick. They take a lot of time. Oh, and yeah. she does a lot of running and jumping and action. And she's not wearing a bra, but she's wearing chain mail. Do you think that would have been a comfortable costume to wear for the entire like 18 hour shoot for each day because i don't i don't know about 18 hours but this I... is a hollywood film they they take that long yeah, I this, is, this isn't neighbor's territory you're i feel right. like in the 90s though whenever they're looking at the future it never looks comfortable like <laughs> no like the fifth element didn't look comfortable it I looked reckon. great though it did 80 gigs so are clearly beautiful. uncomfortable <laughs> the fifth element's one of those ones that i want to live in that future yeah in which they have all the hover cars and bullshit. And mm. also, you know, Bruce Willis as a blonde. <laughs> 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 I haven't seen him blonde since Death Becomes Her. Oh, was he blonde? He wasn't blonde. He was. He was. He was. Yeah, 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 he was. And he wore glasses, so yeah, you thought he was glasses, a nerd. Yeah. Just like Henry Rollins in this. So, Are you going to blow us away with your opinion on the chainmail, Ryan? Okay, yeah, I'm going to blow you away on the chainmail. Is it heavy? Oh well, no, it's a light chain rub, but it would one. it would rub the nips quite vigorously because you do see her nips in a lot of shots. Like mm-hmm. not like, oh there they are. It's like you can just see them through the chain mail. It's not like oh my god, actually, here we go. That's a question. Is it actually chain mail that she's wearing? Because wouldn't that wouldn't there be a lot of like clinking on microphones and stuff like that? Did you notice when watching that this this is one of these movies that ninety eight percent of it is ADR. I guess yeah. a lot of this movie is yeah, Keanu right. coming back to the sta- like sound room and being like, "All right, guys, what do you want me to do?" Yeah. That was my Keanu. It was pretty good. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. I don't want to brag. Bad. It's no Henry Rollins. It's but, no Ice uh, Tea in this movie. <laughs> it's <laughs> fucking great. I just want to say this is my favorite scene in the movie because this is a scene in which he has to find someone to help him with the chip in his brain, and his uh, boss Ralphie links him to this guy who is a black cowboy. There's 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 no easy way to go about it. This guy in the future dresses like a cowboy and he's a black man and it's like there's no explanation for this. No one else in this universe dresses Dresses up like like cowboys. (laughs) He's not part of the low techs, which uh, I think I related to Bartek, but uh the low techs, the underground the underground fighter group. This is just a guy who works for the evil corporation and he dresses like a cowboy. And also, Keanu Reeves' best line delivery, which is, 
you lied. <laughs> he says it in a very playful way, which is kind of weird because it feels like he would be saying it to his girlfriend. Like, oh, you lied. It's like, this is this is one of the greatest moments in the film. Just black cowboys there. You got Baldy, who you think's going to be a recurring villain, but then he hits him over the head with a plank of wood and you never <laughs> see done. him again. In fact, when I watched it in my notes, I wrote down, oh, where's Baldy? And I kept writing that every, like, 15 (laughs) minutes or so, because for the first, you know, how are we, like, 30 minutes of this movie, Baldy keeps being the bad guy that he keeps Mm. running into, and he's like, oh, Baldy! In that Keanu Reeves fashion, where it's like, oh, it's a lovable insult, like, oh, Baldy. And then he just hits him over the head with a plank of wood, kind of like in movies, it's kind of hard to tell what kills a person, like... Yeah, Unless you explicitly show it, like, crack his head or, like, there's a nail in it or something. But it's, like, in normal movies, a hit hit on the head with a piece of wood is not, like, a death blow. Plus, in movies, people get knocked out for a really long time. Yeah, like, this guy oh, was... How long's it been? Oh, it's been three days. <laughs> you know what I mean? And really easily, too. Yeah, like, super easily. I mean, like, I've heard. I mean, I, I, you know. His doctor is Henry Rollins as well. <laughs> when he wakes up, he's like, dude, you've been knocked out for three days. <laughs> He's <laughs> ah. like, no, please. <laughs> please put me back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> no, Bart's like, you're a fan of Black Adder season two. Yeah, well, all four seasons, yeah. But specifically, season two is a great one. You like season one more. Yeah. But I want to raise oh, season, season one. Yeah. Season... There aren't many of you people out there. I know, I'm not it's... one of them either. Listen to you, you people. <laughs> you people, it's, it's, yeah. The first season's very charming. You low-tech. It's, it's just very, very different. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. is. It's Mr. Bean in the period piece. more. So I, I like the one. setting a lot. Yes, yeah. you got to love um his dad, uh, Brian Blessed. Brian of course, yeah. yeah. And the uh, final episode, I think, is really funny. Season 2, Blackadder. Mm-hmm. We mentioned this on our last episode, Johnny English Reborn, which had Rowan Atkinson. This film, unfortunately, does not have Rowan Atkinson. A very It major... does have Johnny in the title, though. It does have Johnny. Three Johnnies in a row. And we did John Tucker recently. So yeah, we're, on a, we're on Johnny roll. Yeah. So I wanted to ask, in season 2 of Blackadder, most characters have an affectionate name that end with E. Mm-hmm. Melchie, Queenie, Nursey, Percy. You know, sometimes people call him Blackie. So in this movie we have a very similar thing going on where you have where you have Johnny, Johnny Ralphie, Ralphie Baldy Takeshi Takeshi <laughs> like I was I had him on my list too and there's like one or two other ones that have an E name I'm pretty Street sure Street Preachery No that there's the bartender guy who has a robot hand he has an E name it's, why do you think this movie relies so much on those E E names Maybe because it's got this kind of I guess, hacker film vibe, you know, technology, the future. There's a kind of, like, cool factor, and it's more, like, casual naming scheme. Ah, okay, yeah, Maybe that's it? Yeah, yeah, fair enough. I thought it might be because the audience that will watch this... Just uh, like Blackadder 2. Yeah. (laughs) I thought it might be that the audience who will watch this will be more primarily an Asian audience, and maybe they'll just like the easier E names instead of someone like Lucifer over here or whatever. I think Takeshi is played by a guy named, like, Takahashi or something. Yeah, yeah, he has just a slight variant on his own name. Shinji, yeah. Do we know the actor who plays Ralphie? He was... What's his name? He's in um, Judge Dredd. He is in Judge Dredd. He's one of the... One of the um judges, I think. Yeah, one of the, like the high council or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think he's like the big head one that takes the walk. He's, no, and he yeah, I don't know. He's uh I can't remember how you pronounce it, it's like Udo Udo 
Carey or something. Udo, he had a really short name. That's all. I Udo Carey, and he he was in that recent movie Iron Sky, the one that theorized oh, if yes. Nazis were on the moon. That's he was the Führer of the film. moon. I didn't yeah. mean to watch that. I he was the Führer yeah, of the God. moon. If, I forgot that. Existed. If you like computer games, he also did a lot of acting in computer game stuff like oh, okay. um, Command and Conquer Red Alert oh, really? oh, Two. He played the evil mind control guy Yuri. Because if you need someone who says I do mind control, you get him because. Yeah, he's one of eyes. these. He's one of these guys whose English is not their first language, and Christoph Waltz is one of those guys where English is not his first language, and they come across menacing because they have to articulate every word. Mm. But he does it differently because he whispers every word. In this movie, Ralphie is constantly like. So the antithesis to Keanu Reeves. Keanu, man, calm down. And it's like, <laughs> are you okay, Ralphie? Who are you hiding from? <laughs> Who are you whispering? This is why do you have to whisper? Every scene he's in is a quiet whisper, which is intense. Because you have those villains that just quietly whisper, like a very quiet, menacing, you know, mm. like yep. Mark Strong plays those villains mm. all the time and all those characters in everything he does yep. ever. And when he loses his temper, it's insane. In this movie, he doesn't get to lose his temper because he gets whipped in half with a laser whip, which is disappointing. Ralphie... Ralphie doesn't get to live too long, which is a bummer, because if they made more Johnny Mnemonics, I would have liked an expanded Ralphie story, in which he kind of redeems himself. I would have loved that. Surely, given the very far distant future of 2021, they'd have the technology to put Ralphie back together. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be like... um. Have you guys seen the movie Tank Girl? Yes, I was mm. going to talk about Tank Girl because that was the same year. Ice-T. And Ice-T's in that as well. Ice-T's yeah. a kangaroo man in that, yeah. yeah. And I find Tank Girl far superior to this. Uh, oh, <laughs> oh, Laurie Petty is one of those actresses where it just says, this is the role made for you. Yeah. But, that film uh, said in 2007, right? I can't remember what year it said in, but uh, yeah, I, it's like one of those ones where Malcolm McDowell gets... maybe? Hmm. Malcolm McDowell gets his arm ripped off and his head ripped off and they get a Chinese doctor guy who's played by that... I'm pretty sure he's played by that one Asian actor that's, like, in everything as just the old Asian master guy that isn't Mr. Miyagi. He's, the bad uh, guy Genghis from... Khan. Is he? Yep. <laughs> okay, he's different like guy. A, he's like a stunt. He's like a... Different guy. I was yeah. thinking Al, of the one from... Al Young, I think he's... I mean, uh, yeah. Okay, I was thinking of the guy from Big Trouble in Little China, the, the main villain. Oh, yeah. He's no, always no, in no. everything, too. But, uh, yeah, yeah. It's like he they replace his head with a hologram. Malcolm McDowell has a hologram head and a robot arm, and he's invincible because you can't kill him because he's got a hologram head. I would love Perfect. Ralphie to come back with a hologram, with a hologram head. head. And... They adjust his volume setting like like to a whisper <laughs> to, to a staticky whisper like you can barely hear it. It's just mainly radio <laughs> static coming through on this. Now, Bartek, you're a big film aficionado. We all are. Oh, tell us more. You obviously. I can almost spell the word too. Oh, um, you read the trivia on this, I imagine. Yes, I think IMDb had like thirty-one points. It's a lot. This is one of the films in which I want the documentary behind how it got made. Like, like I want to hear Henry's story. I want to hear Keanu's story about how he got the script at his front door. That's probably the best trivia fact I've ever read. I like that it specified as a tactic to intrigue him. (laughs) And it did. The idea that it's a rumour, though. It's rumoured that Keanu Reeves found the script on his door and and it biked his interest. It's like... It just adds to that mystique of what we all think of Keanu. Yeah. He like, seems like the world's nicest guy, totally. but that also makes him the dumbest guy as well because he's very he's got that really dopey voice. He, but he seems like the really smart, really f- 
kind guy, but he's just like one of these guys that's like, if there was a laser dot on the wall, he would kind of pour at it. That's how I think of Keanu. Actually, before I came here, I was listening to an interview that someone had with him. About this? Not about this. No, it was a more recent thing. Like, they were talking about, like, the sad Keanu meme and things like that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And he spoke pretty quietly in that, too. Very kind of laissez-faire. Like, they asked him questions like, yeah, yeah, you know, it was really funny. (laughs) He is like that, isn't he? Super modest. Yeah. I think that's what it is. Like, he's just, you know, he does... Because... We'll go to your hated film, Ron, The Matrix. And yeah, well, yeah, yeah. The I, Matrix, I think, sad stories behind that. Well, it's there's a very blandness to Keanu. In, in that. that, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it, it almost feels like it's kind of permeating here. Oh, in no, this, no, no. In this movie, he's but, off the chain. Yeah, but he's got... It's that demeanour, though. Like, it's a, it's like a bland demeanour, even. It's kind of like that in John Wick, I reckon. Stoic? Like in John Wick, he doesn't What's have dialogue. I think Keanu's true. a great entertainer, actor. I've always been shaky on because you hear that voice, and it's that like seems to be from some... doing quite little. Though. But I think they've they've used that on trait or quality in John Wick to be like, all right, let's let's. He's a take visual saying nothing in John Wick. He's a visual storytelling element. Like if you heard John Wick talk more. You just wouldn't believe that this is a guy well, who's that esteemed. But when he has to, because basically when John Wick talks, it's when he has one or two words and you're like, oh, that's smart. Or he has a whole monologue where he's shouting at the top of his lungs and you're like, that's intimidating because Keanu doesn't usually shout. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah, I think it's, they've played on that heaps and, and turned that because that, because of the John Wick franchise is so steeped in world building and backstory that you don't need the cat. Like, it yeah. works better when the character doesn't say anything. And yeah. So that, and so really, it's a it's a super piece of casting. He's he's basically you know one of those characters in which people talk at him, and you're watching how he reacts or doesn't react to yeah. how people interact with him. Like we have Lance Reddick talking to him about like this is how it all works, and I'll look after your dog, and he's just like, mm-hmm. okay, can Excellent. I go now? I just want to kill people. Mm. <laughs> I want a car. I'm Keanu. So, I like... Yeah, Keanu is one of those interesting figures because he also seems like a sad per Like, he has had some sad mm. stuff. Like, the sad Keanu meme. He, I remember he reacted to that pretty, like, stoically. He's like, yeah, man, I'm, I I can get sad. Like, I don't know why people are fascinated by this. Like, yeah. Well, yeah, in that interview I was tough. talking about, he was like, yeah, it was, you know, it was funny and gave people something to be creative with. Or yeah, but he's like... He, he, him and Ben Affleck are both the same when it comes to people reacting to their sad things. It's like, I'm glad people got fun out of it, but it's kind of like... Things are sad sometimes. Even though I'm a big Hollywood actor, things are sad. I mean, hmm. wasn't it that, his fiance? That Ben Affleck one is so spectacular. Isn't it? Oh. I, feel really, <laughs> I feel really sorry for Ben Affleck because the Batman v Superman, he's the, him and Jeremy Irons are the, the best parts of that, for me at Agreed. least. Mm-hmm. And you got to feel really sad for him because he gained all of this muscle for Batman. He he really loves Batman and he's he's proving that he can do comic book movies because he had Daredevil before which really sunk his career for a very long time. He had a movie that he directed that no one saw or nobody liked all at the same time while getting divorced. Yeah. It's like, can you imagine being him? What's going on for the guy? And yeah. people are just like, hey, you know Batman v Superman, the one you've been working on for years? Fucking sucked. Yeah. And he's just like, oh, but you were the good part in it. Well, fucking thank you, yeah, I guess. <laughs> like, whoop-de-doo at this point. <laughs> There's like these jokes of Keanu Reeves drinking a Corona and like putting his hands over his face. Like, oh, Keanu's having an existential crisis over a Corona. What's going on, Keanu? 
Well, I'm a big fan of the uh, Keanu Reeves as a time traveler. Oh, you mean oh, he's yeah. immortal? He's immortal. He's yeah, a vampire. Yeah. People mm, think he's a vampire like because that. he does not age yeah, or like he barely that. ages. I enjoy that theory a lot. People used to have that with Johnny Depp and then Johnny Depp miraculously aged. He just got old. You know, like he, he hit his, his he, you know, he allegedly hit his wife and got old, you know. It's like yeah. it happens. Like, you know what? Uh, you were saying before his uh, fascination with the Asian culture. They often say that as like a stereotype, like an Asian person looks young, then one day suddenly they age a bunch. Maybe that's related to it. I don't think Keanu's going to age. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think he'll be one of those guys that one day you just will be like Whatever happened to Keanu? And you look back, and he's not there anymore. Like, like, where did he go? And he's like, there he is up there at the mountains. <laughs> he's walked away. He's a hermit. He's like Robert Smith in that episode yeah. of South Park, where they call Robert Smith from the Cure to help them defeat Barbara Streisand, and then he walks away up the mountains. That's I, I could see. Keanu doing a bit of a Luke Skywalker hermit style. Oh, just moved to an isolated island and never talked to anyone else ever he's again. He's definitely Drinking insane green milk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. How has he Best not been cast? How has he not been cast in a Star Wars yet? I'm glad he hasn't. Why? I don't know. I just I I I'm a well. Let's not get too much into Star Wars, but I'm just no offense. I'm, I'm stunned. No, I am. I really am. I'm just just getting over it a bit now. Uh, it's just yeah, too much. You, you, it's too much coming out. Like I I the, only the peak was Revenge of the Sith for you, and then no. <laughs> when you went down, no. did it? But I just yeah, like I I only <laughs> like you know Solo came out, and I had no idea, and it was on Saturday, and someone was like, "Oh, you seen Solo?" I'm like, oh, "I didn't even know it was out." Like, oh, it was just, I, I didn't see that. But it's just yeah. Um. I don't know, I think that there's certain, like, we don't all need to, like, I don't, I don't want Star Wars to be just something that everyone has to touch. No, exactly. You know, everyone has to have, oh, yeah, I've got to be part of that because it's Star Wars. You know? I am surprised I, that he wasn't in the prequels, considering that I think when they were around, that was when he was really big. Like, he was doing the, maybe because he was too yeah, busy was, doing the Matrix. Matrix. Yeah. But mm. they were really spread out to the Matrix. They, 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 did the, they did the second two at the same time. And then they spread it out, so it's like... And they would have been... Because they were all getting shot. Up they were two thousand and two and three, maybe. Yeah, three and four. It was around there somewhere, I think. And the Star Warses were getting done then as well. So and yeah, there was one out, was ninety nine, I think. Yeah, and I think the last one was like two thousand six or seven. I think they yeah, Revenge was two thousand six. I think yeah, the so. best one of them all. Mm. I mean, <laughs> the of, be- of the prequels, I guess. The, the, well, yeah, but it's like comparing a dog turd to another dog turd. It's like with the prequels, it's like which one's less smelly than the other. We could all agree Ewan McGregor's too good for them. He's too good to be he's in good. them. He's he's that, that he's... brings those films up a lot. Yeah. Hello there. Um, he, <laughs> he does. <laughs> Do just talk for Star Wars brief second. My 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 favorite moment in all of the prequels, just for joke wise, is when he um somersaults after hacking off the limbs of Anakin and he jumps up to the mountain, like the, the top of the hill, and he's like, give up, Anakin! I have the high ground! Oh. And he's like, does he mean the literal or the yeah. metaphorical high ground? And we never get an answer to that. You were very so generous anyway. using hill. It was more like a mound. <laughs> <laughs> it was more like a slope. Just a he was literally slope. standing on a rock, basically. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. yeah. That's what my... Oh, here's what the internet looks like in I 2021. Love it. I love visual representation of the internet well, in old movies. This so is a pretty good. accurate representation of what VR looks like now. I mean, look, he's got the, the yeah, visor. Got the thing, and, got the thing. I mean, he has gloves. So they don't have... Oh, wait, does they've got, VR they've got have controllers. Gloves? Okay, well, this is yeah. a few years ahead. They'll have gloves by then. The power gloves. The yeah, epic power gloves. power gloves. This is what the internet looks like. Um, Bartek, did you ever think that... Did you ever... Have you ever had the concept of what the internet 
would look like in this kind of VR world at all. Look, Ryan, this was between the Lawnmower Man and the Adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're going to do that on the show. Lawnmower Man. Oh, well, then that'll I'll be the trilogy love... of the three films I just said. The, uh, <laughs> the Adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle was what it reminded me of because he literally surfs the web at one point. I love that your three internet movies are Lawnmower Man, this, <laughs> Rocky and Bullwinkle. Rocky, the Adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle. Oh, wait, Lawnmower um, Man wasn't even internet. It was just VR, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it, but it, it yeah. worked. No, because at the end of the movie, he tries to connect himself to the World Wide Web and destroy the entire world by phoning people. It's Diz from... Oh, it is Starship so Troopers. Yeah. I was going to mention oh, that. This whole time, I'm like, who is it? Who is it? Who is yeah, it? Starship Troopers, yeah. one of the best war movies ever made, um, quite clearly. A lot of people say, Ryan, that's not a war movie. It's against war. I'm like, are most war movies, if not all, against yeah, war? Kind of like, there aren't many pro-war movies. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's Patton. A lot mm. of people don't know whether or whether or not that, yeah, that's fair that because that's a character piece where it's like, is this taking the piss or being genuine or who knows what yeah. the angle is? That's one where you can go, okay. But Starship Troopers is one of those ones that's like, we read the book, we fucking hated it. Fuck you, fascism sucks. So yeah. much satire, it's brilliant. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. What are the need to know more? <laughs> Click here. Oh, yeah. I'm still, I'm still reeling. I know. Right? <laughs> it's also weird because she's still alive. I mean, she dies well, pretty quickly in that movie. In this, was, she gets this to live. Ninety-five. What did we say this was? Ninety-five. 95. Yeah, pretty sure. I think. I so. know she held on in Starship Troopers for a while. She dies like halfway through. Is it really halfway? Yeah. I thought it was more than halfway. Yeah, anyway, maybe yeah. a little. I mean, you remember they focus on Denise Richards more in that movie, yeah. and then they realize, oh, he actually has cool. someone who's more in love with him, which is just mm. Denise Richards, the one that asks you, ah, oh, Denise Richards, when she was in James Bond, and they're like, is she a yeah. scientist? And then... <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, why not? Why not? You have to be a scientist to marry Charlie Sheen. She's like a <laughs> nuclear physicist or something. <laughs> she was, yeah. <laughs> Um, who's, I never, we, I don't think we ever found out who this was. It's like just some guy he talks to, like in every other situation where he talks to someone on the net, they're a physical person that you see, but this is the only one where they're like that weird embossing effect that you get so on is, Photoshop. Is this what the other guy's looking at? Like, does Johnny have this embossed face? Yeah, I imagine so. I mean, who knows? Uh, you gotta Must ask. Be. yeah. But we never... I don't think we ever find out who that man is. Well, didn't Johnny just call him Strike? Yeah, but do we ever see Strike again? I guess not, no. There you go. We nailed it. Technically, wouldn't he just see Johnny Mnemonic's eyes? No. (laughs) No. (laughs) Because he doesn't have anything covering his mouth. And his hands. Eyes and gloves. (laughs) His eyes and hands. Floating gloves. He's like a, he's like when you're in a video those old video games where the boss takes their final form and they turn into like a floating head with floating hands and you have to defeat Zelda him. Zelda did that a lot. Yeah. That's what that's what, that's what Keanu looks like on the internet. That is, is, is pretty, pretty sure in the Shadow Temple yet to, oh, to fight yeah. a floating Oh Bongo head Bongo. And, yeah. I never played the Zelda. I'm, I'm not. I'm not in the right crowd here. Yeah. Cool. I was a Crash <laughs> was Bandicoot a kid. I'm I was too. Yeah. I never had a Nintendo. I Did had Crash a, do it. I don't think I so. I had either. a. I had a um a PlayStation. That was that was it. I think I had a Sega at one point as well, but I don't remember. I was pretty young. Uh, you guys, I'm gonna ask you this. 
since you guys are a, a bit older than us and you, you would have experienced the 90s a bit more than we did, you guys got to live through the era of movies where they thought hacking was going to be one yeah, of the totally. biggest, best things well, we in the also, world, which this is taking into account as well. Plus, we also lived through the era where they thought faxes were the future. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, in Rocky and Bullwinkle, the whole movie hinges on the idea that, that uh, Bullwinkle has to fax himself to save the day. Through the internet. (laughs) Through the internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you guys got to live through the era of where fax was very, very important. It's weird, you know, like, uh, because I still remember when CD-ROMs came out and, like, how huge it was and, you know, like, it was just... And, you know, you'd play a computer game and you'd have, like, seven floppy disks you'd have to run through. Now changed to disk three. Correct, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. you know, the games that you can just stream like on Flash on like a website <laughs> now, you needed like 10 discs to wow, like, yeah. install and stuff. Um, yeah, it was like, it, it is, it was, it was very much like, this is just, de- it's dead set kind of this type of thing where it's just like, it's so amazing because it's just visuals you hadn't seen before. Yeah. And you just lap it, you need to lap it up. Like it's everything that looks, and that's what you got to kind of remember, I think. Like, you know, these are products of their time and they were very good for their time in terms of how they looked and and what they were portraying and people forget that because you know we live in such a world now where we're like well we've got more than you know 160 gigabytes on like a a hard drive or whatever like a lot of people make fun of this movie because he has to fit 360 gigabytes in his brain and people like it could store a lot more than that it's like what we can do now with visuals is insane like uh, like i was telling you i was watching moana last night oh yeah and oh, the, god that the, movie's so good but the water in like we thought the water was great when finding nemo came out yeah. in, in terms of animation just how yeah. well they oh did yeah it. but then like you look at how moana did it and you're like that looks like real you're like water. you don't even notice no, you don't it's even insane think it's digital yeah and so yeah like it's we live in such a world now where we're just like almost like we just take it for granted that we can do all this stuff and then we look back at this and go how cheesy and crap but back at the time this was like whoa this is it's that thing too with like I think it's very different with like you know stuff like Moana or whatever, where they're full animated movies. Like this was, mm. you guys also had the real experience in the '90s when every movie was like, oh, we can use special effects now instead of practical effects, yeah. which yeah. we still are suffering through now, but they're slightly better. But it was also a time <laughs> when you knew when to use special effects and when not. Not every movie did. Yeah, but I think I fe- like I find that nowadays we rely a lot on. You yeah, know, special effects and, and computer generated. Whereas back then it was a lot more troubleshooting. I think in terms of trying to figure out what the best way to get the shot. If was. you weren't James Cameron, you didn't know how to use special effects as a director. Like he was mm. one of the big ones. So the over reliance on special effects today is our version of NAS. Oh my god, which she's suffering from right now. It's only happening. once in the movie, this she is... has the disease and only suffers it once. This is a very prophetic movie. Everything just comes together. <laughs> Look right. At goes, Look goes. at this mise en scene here. See how she's lifeless, like the mannequin that's in the in the frame. <laughs> there. That very was nice juxtaposition. That was very very unique. And this, I want to just also point out that this is the director's last movie. Uh, <laughs> he decided to direct no more. Well, I maybe that was like, a positive thing. He's like, I yes, like the I have sad done. story. Like. IMDb, sometimes when you read information, you put an emotion to it, even though there is none. And I find tragedy in the fact that uh, that uh, William Gibson and the director, Robert Longo, wanted to make an a million and a half dollar art film, mm. and they couldn't get enough money for that 
but instead they had to make a $30 million action movie. Mm. <laughs> it's like, we couldn't get that $1 million and a half dollars. We could only get $30 million. <laughs> We had to make it... <laughs> it was like 20 times more or something. <laughs> we had to make an action movie instead. Yeah, 20 times, that's it. Yeah. yeah, we had to make this gigantic, like, big movie instead. We just wanted to make this little art movie. It's like, what a tragedy. Well, yeah, I mean, it's all business now. Like, it's, you know, you're going to get money for something people are going to watch that's why there are bloody six transformers films well if the only you know because people are watching them the only i think art house director that can get away with still being relevant or david lynch probably like if david lynch put out a new movie it would be a big terrence malick i hate terrence malick so go away (laughs) and also his ones have been diminishing returns i haven't seen any of them like do you remember his great film night of cups with Christian Bale? Of course you don't. But, <laughs> but if David Lynch put out a movie right now, they will go. everyone will go fucking nuts because yeah, there's he's... there's not a lot of directors now that... The big art house director. Well, the, you just go see because of the director. Like, well, oh, you still I'd say have a like few. Christopher Nolan. Tarantino. Maybe, yeah, maybe Wes Anderson. Scor- uh, Scorsese. Yeah, but he doesn't make a lot anymore. Oh, he's been making quite a few. I mean, he's, he made well, Wolf of Wall Street and, yeah. and uh, he's doing one right now with Pacino and De Niro and... Um, he, just for, just to no, shake got, it up a bit. You know, and Pesci. He got Joe Pesci. He got Joe <laughs> yeah. Pesci to come out of retirement, which is a fucking hard thing to do. <laughs> Can you imagine that skill? Because Joe Pesci's one of those actors who was like, I, I don't need to do it anymore. I, I did what I could and yeah. there's nothing more That'd for me to do. It's like, man... What a legend. He's no iced tea, oh, though. I was just about to say, just quietly, I'm loving iced tea right now. Uh, are we fans of rappers turned actors at all? For sure. Which ones? I are can't, you, are I you can't think of many other examples, about, to be honest. Um, but... Ice Cube? Ice Cube. Ice Cube? Well, no, he's one that everyone likes. Everyone likes mm-hmm. him because he's the funny guy. Like, he's, he's, he's funny because he's so serious. Like, the Friday movies, and mm-hmm. he's in the Jump Street movies now. Mm-hmm. Everyone loves those. He was in... Uh, Triple X, the next level. <laughs> yes, oh, this he, is true. Yeah. <laughs> Which I've never seen. And doesn't he make a cameo in the third one? Yes, he does. does he? Sure. Oh, Don't worry, no. the whole trilogy is on our list to cover is one it? day. Of course. <laughs> one day. I love Xander Cage. Yeah. Um, no, I think I really like Snoop Dogg. Um, mm. We've had a few Snoop Dogg appearances on this show, yeah, I'm pretty right. sure. Two, I believe. A yeah. couple. Starsky and Hutch. He was in Training Day. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, he was like a drug dealer in training. Oh, what was like the other one? We... Racing Stripes. Oh, and, uh, he was and Racing Stripes. See, I can only think, he, he does like a guest spot in uh, Old School, doesn't he? Yes. Yeah, he's, yeah he comes City to the party. party. I think yeah. we're skipping over another great uh, oh, rapper turned actor, which is Tone Loke, uh, who was in Surf Ninjas. The... Who, who dressed Tone Henry in Rollins this? here? Huh? No, no, no. Rapper turned Oh, oh he's just in a black t-shirt. Oh, Henry right? wears that yeah. all the time. He only wears black. Yeah. No, nah, but what about the glass? Oh, no, no, that's the, what I'm saying. Someone has said, here's what happened. You're a scientist. We need glasses. I need glasses. That's, ex- <laughs> that's exactly it. Dude, I bet you he didn't have the glasses on. And Robert Longo's like, great job, Henry. You did a great job. And Dolph Lundgren's there like, oh, Henry, it's so great to see you. Uh, and then some executive watched the footage and went, Got to reshoot it. Henry's got to wear glasses. And then Dolph had to go from whatever film he was <laughs> That's doing. That's why he was pissed come off back the whole and time. he was like, Great to see you, Henry. Did all the scientists at the hotel have glasses? <laughs> no, but they're not characters. They are extras that you don't see their faces of. You see the back of them. Henry Rollins of today would not wear those no, glasses. No, we see all of them. Oh, do we? Uh, Henry Rollins would not wear those glasses. And they'd have to CGI them on like they took off Henry Cavill's <laughs> <laughs> mustache. <laughs> or have you heard about that new movie called Tag? 
they had to CGI Jeremy Renner's arms because he broke them what? in the film. He because that's the movie about he was these... cast or something, was he? Or... No, yeah, well, yeah, because he broke both of his arms, so he couldn't do the stunts. <laughs> of, because the whole movie's about tags. That movie about those guys who played tag for thirty years, years, and he was the one that couldn't get tagged. Yeah. Um, I just want to point out that this guy's arm hurts when they freeze his robot arm, his robot arm but right. then it's okay because I wrote this in my notes. What? It's a robot arm. He wouldn't feel that, would he? But then Dolph Lundgren comes along and says, well, well, Ryan, I'm going to show you why it hurts in a very graphic moment. And here we go. We're going to be seeing the nice, m- give me the money shot where you see he's got a hand and there's gunk in there. It's a <laughs> cybernetic hand. Yeah. It's like, an- so he would feel the pain. It's not just a, he doesn't have a hand and it's a robot hand like yeah. Starship Troopers where everyone has robot limbs. Or because, Tank Girl. Or Tank Girl, which everyone has robot limbs. Luke Skywalker could feel his hand, couldn't he? Because they were... Sometimes. Strong. Remember when they were putting it on, the robot was testing his reflexes. Oh, yeah. I don't think he could in the newer one, though, because his hand is like has nothing on it now yeah, for no apparent had, reason. Plus, he was incredibly jaded. Oh, wouldn't you be? Yeah. <laughs> wouldn't you be? I'm Mark Hamill. I didn't get to speak in the last one. Yeah. I would be incredibly jaded, too. <laughs> Um, this guy's fashion sense is great. I wish I had his fashion sense, little skull earrings and the whole little bellhop bartender outfit. If could I could, be, could be the same guy that dressed uh, Sean Connery in Highlander. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. He also just looks like he also just look. I, Here's your peacock feathers, Mister Connery. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I do love the recurring joke in this movie from Henry Rollins, whose character's name Spider. And throughout my whole entire life, when people said to me, "Why is he called Spider in the movie?" I went. Oh, because he's got a spider tattoo on his neck. Does not have one at all. He does not. He does not at all. All of his tattoos that he has in this movie, I'm pretty sure, are his own. Maybe they've added one or two. I think they've added, like, one on his arm or whatever. But they're all, like, his. Like, on the back of his neck, he has the black flag tattoo for no apparent reason. Other than, you're not going to get me to cover that up. Fuck you, Robert. Yeah, I wouldn't be telling Henry Rollins to cover it. I'm like, you do what you want, man. Yeah. Uh, Could you wear these glasses, please, sir? (laughs) And when he says yes, you're like, oh, thank God. Oh, what? <laughs> uh, they know, give it to the intern to do. They're like, yeah, like, someone has to go and tell Henry all, Rollins he has to wear there. these glasses. They're all outside his trailer. I'm not doing it. I'm yeah. not, I did it last I time. You know in his auto, not doing in it. In one of his autobiographies, uh, people, like, other people wrote little things in his autobiography. It's like, uh, people who have seen his dick have said that it's a, he has a soup can for a dick. Like, that's how <laughs> thick it is. I'm like, what the? F-? Okay. And Henry, when he hears that, he's like, yeah, what do you want? You want some soup? but my favorite little joke in this movie is john he asks who johnny is because a lot of people just go what's your name and he goes johnny johnny what one time you hear johnny smith and the other time you hear johnny johnson and which is great but this time he goes just johnny and throughout the rest of the movie henry says in that surly voice well, just Johnny, <laughs> what's happening? It's like he just keeps doing it again and again and again. And he has this... Henry has one of those hilarious voices. Like, like it's so deadpan serious, but it's got that punk snarkiness to it. So every yeah, time he's like, great. just Johnny. When I see Dolph Lundgren, I also drive my van a lot faster over him. And he's fine every time. He's Dolph Lundgren. You can't, you know... Do we not, have we are, are we fans of Dolph Lundgren? Have we seen many of his movies? Because legit, oh, I think this I'm... is the only movie with Dolph I've seen. Oh really? I don't think I've Rocky? seen. 
Oh, Universal Soldier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, is Universal? If he dies, he dies. Is that? Go- is that the? I must break. He's your... like he's the. He's uh, the super soldier. Whatever from he hits, the other he one. destroys. <laughs> the other one, <laughs> Jean <laughs> who breaks out of his programming, and then there's Dolph Lundgren, who's, who's like, there's an Expendables, right? Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen the Expendables. I've not though. seen the second one. Oh, he's definitely he's got to be in an Expendables, surely. But yeah. I haven't seen him outside of I guess those two movies, Rocky Five, isn't it? Where he's in that four. Oh, far out. I can't keep up. I I like Rocky Three the best with Mr. T, <laughs> 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 where he heckles him outside the court. That's one of the greatest scenes ever. Yo, lady! What is that? Yo, woman! <laughs> and that gets Rocky angry. Like, the, the whole thing is insulting Rocky. He doesn't do shit. It's like, then he hits on his woman. Oh, that's it! So, I, Dolph, I, I haven't seen I'm him couple, in much. I'm a couple of watches into this, and I'm sitting here watching and going, what the fuck is going on? Like, Well, we haven't even got to the dolphin I in know, the room yet. It's just like, <laughs> this film is crazy. Well, the film's about to. Well, the film is trying to tell us that in the future... Technology can be both helpful and harmful. It's one of those classics, like stories about do not play God, but also play God because sometimes it helps you. But also, technology's bad, man. It's gonna ruin your life. Except mm. for it helps us in the end. Mm. It saves the day in the end because at the end of the day, they find out that the thing that Johnny's got in his brain is the cure to this disease. Yeah, that's right. And and Ice Tea. <laughs> He, he runs this place called Heaven, because why not? Yeah. And that's basically where he shoots out information all over the world, all over the wide web. And he's like, well, we're going to upload it and shoot it to the world. And he puts the camera right on his face and like all these TV screens has his face on it. And he's like, <laughs> yo, suckers, we're going to give you the cure right now. And then you wait. And then they have to wait like five minutes for it to upload. <laughs> like, yeah. Why would you do it? Crashes several times. Uh, hang on. I'll just restart it. This is a great sequence here too, in which Henry Rollins has to tell him how he can get it out of his brains. But the side effects is like, how are you going to get it out? It's like, I need this cranial screw and some forceps it's like <laughs> now it could kill you but you might live but you'll lose some of your fine motor skills and you'll have a hard time remembering things every three minutes <laughs> and Keanu's like fuck that I'm out of here I'd rather die <laughs> <laughs> poor, poor Henry's just like I'm a doctor I'm trying to save your life you notice like these movies the computer screen always has like a rotating brain on it well, he's a like doctor. That. That's why. So, yeah, yeah. Where's my, my brain still rotating? Excellent. Yes. <laughs> Your brain appears to be rotating at the correct speed. <laughs> uh, I can do nothing more. Yes. <laughs> you're cured, sir. <laughs> well, when you're in the southern hemisphere, it, it spins this yeah, way. Yeah, right. it spins the other way. And when you're in the northern, it spins oh, that I'm, way around. I'm from the northern hemisphere. That's why you get jet lag. Yeah. <laughs> because your brain's readjusting how <laughs> yeah. it spins. That's there it is, and I love the camera work for this scene. It's actually the most energetic I think in the movie, where there's lots of right. pans and yeah, zooms and spins around. Here. But they're not com- they're not one of these ones where it's like we're doing it just for movement in the scene. Because sometimes you have in movies where it's like, you know, in this scene. In Batman v Superman, for example, in this scene, we need Kevin Costner to stack some rocks because it's really boring if they stood in the snow and talked to each other. So we need some movement in mm. the scene. This, it has a lot of suspense. Even though we're not watching this with sound, we can tell by just looking at the visual elements of the scene yeah, that this critical. 
is very intense and you can understand like Keanu's scared. See, that was his scared face. We don't see it. <laughs> yeah. We don't see that. Look at it. The many, the many faces of Keanu. <laughs> it's subtle, but it's in there. All four. Um, you know, and then Henry, well, he's he's just like, dude, I know you're taller than me, but I'm trying to tell you the truth. I'm a I need you to listen. I'm a doctor. And Dizzy's just there, like, I'm the woman in the movie. Mm. Fun fact, I don't know. Fun fact. Keanu and the woman, uh, they only get one kiss, I'm pretty sure. Or do they even get a kiss? I think... I don't know. I don't remember. They don't get a kiss at the end. You think they're going to kiss at the end? And they don't. And it reminded me of Pacific Rim. Everyone was like, oh, Pacific Rim. I love the fact that the two leads don't kiss. I'm like, well, Johnny Mnemonic got, got there <laughs> in Johnny 1995. You don't love that film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't hear you praising that for feminism. Come on. Johnny was there ahead of the curve. So... Bartek, do you have a favorite character in this or a favorite being in this? Because, you know, character might be a, a very strong term for some of these. I mean, the street preacher and Johnny are both fantastic characters. I think <laughs> Yeah. you can explore their duo a lot more Yeah. in, in maybe like a side story, non-canon. Yeah. Non-canon side story. Yeah, well, where one of them dies. So. Maybe a prequel comic, perhaps. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Well, it's kind of hard because Johnny doesn't know who he is until this story, but Henry does, and everyone else does. It's kind of weird. Everyone maybe, knows him. Maybe the street preacher performed at one of his birthday parties as a kid, but he doesn't remember. <laughs> yeah. Can we talk about that? Throughout the whole movie, he's like, I sold my memories as a child so I could fit things in my brain for money, and now I want that back. <laughs> and at the very start of the movie, he's in bed with a woman. And she's like, I'll be back. I've got to get ice. And we never see her again. And well, Keanu's the one that finds ice. Yeah. Ice tea. (laughs) I knew you were going to go there. I see what you did there. As we uh... all see when you went with there. He didn't boil the tea. But we, the whole mystery is what is Johnny's childhood? Who is Johnny? Who is he? Mm. Do we find out? No, we (laughs) care. The audience, because the audience is like, we've got to know who he is. When the movie, you know, when movies raises uh, raises that kind of problem, like you don't know who our main characters. They have weird memories, and it's like, and that's their character. Mm. It's kind of like in Blade Runner. It's like one of the most interesting things is is is, is, is his dreams real or they replicant dreams. It's like outside of that, he's just an alcoholic. (laughs) (laughs) Which is my favorite part in. Blade Runner 2. Oh, I haven't seen it. Uh, well, you know he's, Sorry. You, you know he's in it, no, right? sh- Yeah, I know he's in it, but that's well, there enough. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Just Harrison Hawthorne's a drunkard all the time. Oh, no, no, no. no. So it's all good. I'm just saying he's still drunk in that movie all the time. Are we good? Yeah, you're all right. Uh, good. So back back to the Johnny world. What did you think his childhood was going to be, Bartek? Did you think they were actually going to give you an explanation in this? Because I had seen it before, so I knew what his childhood secret was. Did you? No, honestly, I was very curious to find out. Any theories while watching it? You're like, oh, maybe Johnny used to be a prostitute as a kid and he just wanted to rip well, that memory the out. The first question you need to ask is, was Bartek invested in the film? Of course he was. Look at him. It's one of the greatest films ever made. This is not the body language of somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Arms crossed. <laughs> shoes off. Staring blankly. It's, this is my professional podcast, mode. <laughs> this is an audio base. They only need to hear like, how, he's, just, how he feels. Don't like, see it. Oh, it was, it was just... um. Oh, so did you did you think it's like 
Yes, I was very interested. <laughs> <laughs> hey, were you? When I do this show, I tend to try to emulate the main character. Yes. Well, <laughs> that's my investment. I really feel like also that these two low-tech characters that drop fiery cars on people and talk about how they still want to have sex with women who are disabled were going to be your favorite characters. I wrote that in my notes. I feel like Bartek would like these guys. And or play one of them if he had to choose. See, like, don't agree with you, but play i could do that <laughs> you don't have to like a character to play them <laughs> no. but i'm not saying i'm saying like as in they're not my favorites oh of course i mean you got Dolph lundgren in this and he's <laughs> and keanu reeves yes oh it's keanu but did you have you didn't have any conspiracy theories about his childhood i was very curious to see where they were going with it and i missed the connection with the um this says something about my investment. What's the character, the woman that keeps appearing on the... Ghost in the Machine Lady. Yeah, Ghost in the Machine so Lady. So throughout the whole movie, we keep having this woman's ghost face come up on computer screens and be like, hey, hey I'm in the movie. And yeah. you're like, who the fuck's this? And it's like, I can't remember her name either. Mm. I call it Ghost in the Machine because the guy, the, the, the Japanese guy that is looking for the cure himself because his daughter died. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh. It's sad because she was young. Um, it's just a lot going on. Like it's a lot of emotions very going on. Um, yeah, he he's looking for it, and this ghost of the machine's like, "Don't kill Johnny. He's a good guy." And then you find out that she was the head of Pharma Pharma Corp, and she died in two thousand and fifteen, and they uploaded her consciousness into the World Wide Web, mm. basically. But now. They're deleting her memories one by one by one by one. And you find out that he was her son. And it's kind of like a nice little thing where he... We don't know why he deleted them. Maybe she... Maybe maybe she, he got them deleted because he was going to be in charge of the corporation. The corporation grabbed him and We're wiped the his... ultimate monologue. Oh, this is an Oscar-winning yeah, yeah. monologue. Like, if you have not seen anything of Johnny Mnemonic, at l- least watch this scene. Watch the I want my my shirt laundered scene. Like, the I want $10,000 hooker yeah. scene. Because you can see, this is where I'm going to raise one of the things that I think brought this movie down. Ooh. This scene. Oh, look at him. <laughs> look is, at him. It's the crazy one. Oh. Watch this, and you're going to hear what I say, and you're going to be like, okay, why this movie isn't appreciated? And I'm going to say it's Keanu. And I think he's miscast. I think there's an alternative universe in which Nicolas Cage played this role. And this film (laughs) is one of the most loved films of the 1990s. I read read somewhere that Val Kilmer was going to do it. And then he chose Batman forever. Batman forever, yeah. What a great choice. (laughs) What a great choice for him. The Batman that that everyone forgets. That came up the other day. Val Kilmer was going to do something. We weren't talking about this movie, though. No, nah. Val Kilmer has been cast in a new movie, and people are like, how? He's nah, incredibly it was like another 90s. It was something that... It was like another 90s film. No, it was the other way. It was someone was going to play Batman. And, and Val's like, it's me. Maybe it was Keanu. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> was going to play Batman, and then they swapped. And they swapped. I could oh. never imagine him playing Batman in my life, Keanu. <laughs> like, never, if, ever. Hey, it, could you imagine George Clooney playing Batman? He's yes, the... at that time, when he was younger. When he was at the peak Clooney. Bruce Wayne, maybe. He was a good Bruce Wayne. Yeah, we've, but we we've had this discussion. But, yeah, yeah, but did you know until you saw the movie that he wouldn't make a I'll good Batman? 
How old? Because let's not forget, Michael Keaton, he was a weird choice because he was the Mr. Mum guy. True. While George Clooney at least did, at that point, from Dusk Till Dawn, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah, Which showed that he had very strong presence in a menacing way as well. So I feel like George Clooney, out of all the choices, was the one that is actually like, and that seems like a logical one. Mm. That seems like, why wouldn't you go there? Yeah. He was yeah. the best. Yeah, no, he, was well, the like, best. he was like the biggest name. And then they screwed him over. Uh, oh yeah, in that movie, not the biggest name. You had Schwarzenegger. Well, yeah, yeah, but he was huge at the time. Oh yeah, and then you had Uma Thurman. Yeah, that's all. That's all. My lot favorite that part movie. of that movie is the mad scientist that turns into poison ivy, and he plays Lex Luthor's dad in the yeah. TV show Smallville. And he has this one great line in that movie. It's like. No one talks about this. This line. She's like, "I'm gonna have to turn you in," and he's like, "Oh really?" Well, wow, that's so sad because I'm afraid I'm just going to have to let you die. <laughs> pushes her and pushes her into a vat of poisons. Uh, now, this is something I've got to got to raise up here while they're literally still, going up in the air. I'm still reeling at the loss of that uh, Volkswagen Beetle. Well, that's the thing I yeah, wanted to that, raise. In that, this... that Andy Samberg slash Marilyn Manson dropped. <laughs> 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 he really was. Don't worry. It was like a hybrid. That's some good casting. Yeah, yeah. I, know, right? I have no idea. There, well, Marilyn Manson was a rock star in the 1990s. Like, got accused. Eh? Yeah. That got accused. He was that. Marilyn Manson was that one that always got accused for reasons why kids shot up schools. Yeah, because, I, I know who he is, but. And then Andy Sandberg. Well, he's in Brooklyn Nine Nine, and the the two goons. Yeah, Low tech look exactly them, like one, him. Yeah, one of them just looked like it's, Manson Sandberg. <laughs> just hybrid. one. Just hybrid. one. Yeah, the hybrid. Yeah. The other guy just looked like some other dude. Ma- Mansberg? Mansberg, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you went with Mansberg. That's, yeah. that's what I would go to. Um, this film asks the audience to invest in a lot of things. One of the things that this film hinges on is the idea that Keanu Reeves has a brain that has enough storage capacity to get information to travel around in, and he on purposely uploads too much into his mm. brain to set off a ticking time clock element to the movie, and I feel like that is also one of the things that I don't know if they needed it because they don't really use that storyline as much as you think they would, like this idea that his brain is hemorrhaging throughout the movie... They don't do it. They don't really have many consequences to that. I feel like you could just have the the fact that he has the secret information and people left and right just trying to kill him. Well, gives him this overarching sense of I can't give up or I'll die. Correct. So it's like you can't just true. go hide out somewhere. No, I agree. But it's also like they don't push that threat level high enough. Mm. It's like you in the next twenty four hours there's, have there's your, a kiss. Right there's right. one kiss, <clears throat> and Ice T's there being like, I got a room for that. Welcome to heaven. <laughs> Oh, guys, you want to meet Jones? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's time to meet oh, Jones. The guy from oh, the Navy. God. Who's this guy now? Oh, God. <laughs> the guy from the Navy who has special implants in his brain. Like, he's going to give them all the information that they need. <laughs> Jones is probably one of the best sci-fi characters that have, that's ever been put in film. I, I think it's one of those characters that you just go, Wow. I don't think anyone else could have played it other than the the person they got for Jones. You you agree, Bartek? I agree. Jones, that is... type of person apparently has a really big brain. <laughs> Jones is one of these one of these. Yeah. Oh, there he is, Jones. 
That's the white eyes again. Oh, oh, Jonesy. Um, Very floaty character. (laughs) Yeah. There's a scene earlier in the movie in which Ice-T hacks into all these TVs when Keanu's walking into the elevator and he says... Like, free your brain, zombie boy! And then later on, he meets Keanu Reeves, and he's like, I've never seen this guy before. Does... Ice, was Ice-T just saying that yeah. in general? Was he saying it to Keanu Reeves, specifically? Like, like I know that you've got a brain issue. Get, free your brain, zombie boy! Or was he just saying that to the world? Just like, like general populace, yeah. Free your brain, zombie boy! There's some girls, and they're like, well, I don't have to do nothing, oh. then. I'm, I'm left out of this <laughs> equation. So, guys, greatest sci-fi character, Jones. The, it's a big call. It's a dolphin. It's so odd, isn't it? <laughs> it's, a dolphin. it's so odd. It's, it's almost a, like it's so odd that you just kind of go, okay, whatever. It's a dolphin that it's has that has attachments to it because it was a military dolphin. Yeah. So it just of looks course, so bad. no, it's a. Re- it looks great. Uh, what are you talking about? Have you seen dolphins before? <laughs> <laughs> that, that looks like one, doesn't it? Like, but with shit on it. <laughs> like, yeah. If you had to get a dolphin, like if you were a filmmaker and you're like, okay, guys, San Dimas, guys, you gotta, you gotta make Johnny Mnemonic. You, but you gotta have a dolphin in there. Yeah, I'd call it. I'm like, that's. I'll, <laughs> I'll sort the dolphin out. Yeah, you go. Um. You go get Snowflake from the Miami Dolphins. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> I was very anyone, shocked. Anyone? Maybe that's why Snowflake was kidnapped originally. <laughs> to form as part of this futuristic <laughs> Dystopian. <club>. Yeah. <laughs> I like the shared universe theory. Yeah, this is good. This is good. Ace this Ventura. This is Ace Ventura, yeah. yeah. I... It all works. <laughs> 90s. What a, what a time to be alive. Bartek, I was very shocked to learn that the producer of this movie was not John Peters, the legendary producer that always wants to put random shit in movies. You know about him? Yeah, yeah. How he always wants to put spiders in movies and then he had to wait till Wild Wild West to do it. So he has a giant mechanical spider. He wanted it in the Superman movie, right? Yeah, yeah. And and he wanted it 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 in the Batman movie as well with Michael Keaton. He just wants spiders. And also like in a a film that we will cover one day, which is The Witches of Eastwick. Oh, yeah. He wanted aliens in there. (laughs) So one day he rocked up to set with a guy dressed as an alien and told George Miller, "Put him in yeah, there. Put him in." You know, if, if he did, if he did produce this film, it would explain why what? Spider is there because his name doesn't end in the E, so it'd be like, "Oh, he was forced in there, yeah. despite the directive." Robert Longo, we've got to have a spider in there. Uh, Henry, you want to play a guy called Spider? Whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Derek's like, can it be spidery? No! <laughs> spidery man, no! I'm gonna play a guy called Spider. And I love this little scene here. Where, okay, a normal movie, these are henchmen, right? You have all these little henchmen, they're snooping around, killing people silently. The bad guys, these henchmen kill those, the Andy Sandberg, Marilyn Manson guy, and, and he lets go of one of the cars and it drops on this uh, one of those henchmen that we just saw. Now, in a normal movie, the surviving henchman will be like, yeah, there's a dolphin. It's so hard to get over, isn't it? It's so hard to move on with your life. Yeah, there's a dolphin. In a normal movie, the henchman that lived would look over and be like, oh my god, motherfucker! And like, shoot. In this one, it's done like, it's the, like, these are the two heroes of the story, and one of them's been killed, and she's like, James! 
It's James! And she grabs a rocket launcher. It's like, I'll avenge you! And it's like, is this Robocop? Because it felt like, like, like yeah, a bit of Robocop where it's like he gets massacred and you have like the chick there. And she's like, I don't know whether I should or should, should not go out yeah, there and yeah. do something or I get killed. It felt like that. But it's like, these are two random henchmen. And she's the reason that these henchmen don't succeed because she blows their cover because she literally is- shoots oh. rockets. Mansberg. Okay. We- <laughs> oh, no. Hey, come on, guys. <laughs> come on, guys. We still got the other guy. He's fine. He wanted to have sex with disabled women. And oh wait, no, he's not. He's not doing okay. Is he going to be fine? Come on, dude. You can. Ma- oh, oh no, he's gone. But thank God he put his hand oh, on. Oh no, the- yeah, that's another beetle. Oh, what is? What does this film have against look, beetles? Look at this smack on him, and then she's alive, and she's like, Maroni, no. <laughs> it's like, why is it? I love the dramatic acting because. A normal little extra could have just done it like the bad guy, like. But she's playing it like she's the good guy in her <laughs> yeah. story, like. Well, yeah, she's. Look right. at her. She no does. One... She also reminds me of the chick from Ro- Robocop, if I'm honest. Just like butchy, but not too butchy female, and like armor uniform, just like owning it. Well, she's just a cop. She's just a. She's just a soldier for the corporation. She's yeah. not even a cop in this. Yeah, it's the whole. Uh, no one thinks about the henchman's family. Yeah. Austin Powers did. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a few years later, so clearly inspiration. If Mike Myers was in this, who do you think he would play? Jones. I think it would be mm. Jones the Dolphin yeah. or or the Street Preacher. <laughs> Could have been, actually, he'd be a pretty good Street Preacher. He would do, and he would do a Dolph yeah. Lundgren impression. Oh, that <laughs> like, would be even better. He'd do Ralphie. Oh, he would be great as Ralphie, <laughs> and he just does his performance from Inglorious Bastards. Nice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, guys, how many movies have you seen that reveal a third act dolphin? You can't yeah, say Flipper because he was introduced in the first act. <laughs> yeah, <I think> was <laughs> we didn't actually see Snowflake until the very end? Am I? Am I uh, no, you saw training video. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which? What's Snowflake from again? Ace Ventura. Oh, right. Of oh, course, yes. of course. Yeah. Um, How could I forget? Um, yeah, <laughs> Again, so I'm that guy yeah. who likes the second Ace Ventura more. I know. Because like when, when when Snowflake gets kidnapped, they're like, "This is Snowflake," and they're like, "Come on, Snowflake!" And you know, jumping through hoops. <laughs> Maybe we stuff. should start a Snowflake podcast. <laughs> the we, Weekly Flake. Yeah. The Weekly Flake. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I, I guess <laughs> that sounds pretty wrong, though. Like, no, it sounds great. Like, Sometimes, like, and then you eventually move on to like the Food Flake, and then you talk about <laughs> like run out of like the the flake that you put in ice cream, and then like you develop flaky hair and then like you, you, you just keep going as long it's as a million you can. dollar idea it is invincible copyright sandam school film yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now and i think there is a reason why we haven't seen too many third act dolphins uh, no i think it's because this one nailed it correct yeah it's like, like this is this is the pinnacle yeah. of third and, act and kooky film that it was hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy had in the first act yeah exactly yeah. a lot a lot of films say it's you. You would you would buy by the rule of Chekhov's dolphin, in which you introduce yeah, a dolphin in the third, thir- first act, and it must be used in the third act. But this film says why. So I'm thinking they get to the lair and then there's this <laughs> dolphin. Ah, Joan Demonic. Ah, damn it. Well, we did learn about we did learn about Jones earlier, I guess. So. <laughs> yeah, and you hear Henry Rollins in the distance going, "Already used." <laughs> Where are my glasses? <laughs> I love the idea of Henry Rollins being in the distance, always just calling you out on ideas that have already existed. Like, like, okay, I got a crazy idea. What happens if we get the guy who played Batman and turn him into a snowman? 
already done it. I was in that movie. <laughs> he was in that movie too. You remember Jack Frost? The he movie was, that yeah. dared to ask if Michael Keaton should be a snowman? Fun fact about that movie, George Clooney was the original choice. There you go. Hence yeah. the animatronics on the face look, look like George Clooney-ish. Clooney's face and not at all like Michael Keaton's face. Clooney-esque. Hence that movie's unappreciated. You know, that movie coined the best phrase, Snow Dad's better than No Dad. Oh, <laughs> Which, yeah. I actually think this is one of the biggest ranges I've seen Keanu do. Oh, no. I think this is actually one of his more like challenging really, acting roles yeah, he's, because he's, he's playing. He's really going for it. He's playing unlikable, narcissistic, selfish, but also wounded and afraid. I've never seen him this kind of loopy either. Oh, really? Yeah. This, this Nick Cagey. Yes. Yeah. See what I mean? Very like, Nick if this, there's an alternative universe in which Nick Cage played this role, oh, and this, this would have been a blockbuster. Yeah, you brought it up before, and I'd like to have seen Keanu Reeves play this role, mm. but just for that monologue scene, it's Nick Cage, <laughs> Nick Cage with no explanation. We can still do it. We got motion capture. We can do it now. Yeah. No explanation. Yeah. <laughs> just all Cage. Because yeah. he performs it like that iconic Nicolas Cage scene in A Vampire's Kiss, where he's like. Like Nick Cage, we have not had on the show either. I don't think. Oh wait, no, we had him in G Force. Oh yeah, he played the mole. He played an animated mole. What? He was also going to be in the Seth Rogen film, The Green Hornet, as the bad guy. He wanted to play a gangster with a Rastafarian accent. Wow. But they decided to go with Christoph Waltz instead. <laughs> because he didn't insist choice. on the accent. <laughs> he insisted on just being Christoph Waltz, which yeah. is menacing and evil. Uh, now, now, you know what they say, Chekhov's thumb laser. If you introduce a thumb laser in the first act, Ooh, it must yeah. be used in, in the first act. It must be used in the third act. And look here. Here it comes, here comes. I do remember when I was a kid watching this, I, I loved the line of the, the, the Japanese guy, the other guy, uh, Shinji, Shinji. he looks at his thumb that's obviously been cut off and he's replaced it with a laser thumb and he goes, ah, I've seen you've turned your dishonor into an advantage. <laughs> and I think that's a great line just because you don't need any more. You don't need to know why yeah. did this guy get his thumb cut off. You know that he's a part of the Yakuza, so he's done something really bad yeah. because that's how they punish you. And also they're all about honor. And they're all about honor. I did get confused because Laser Thumb, is he Chinese or Japanese? Because they make a point Yakuza that he cannot... Yakuza Japanese. No, but he can't speak Japanese. Well, no, his Japanese just sucks, he said. But why if he is Japanese? Well, clearly he doesn't grow up in Japan. Okay. He doesn't have a Japanese accent, so, you know. Yes, he, he does have... Where are we now? Because uh, we're not we're, in Beijing anymore. We're Newark. We? That's right. We so are... I cannot, like, this. Oh, you want me to, you want like, me to specify? No, when, no, like, you want oh, me to specify so more? hard to keep track. We're in heaven. That's yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Which is the name of the base. Yeah. Heaven, yeah. Newark. Heaven, Newark. Um, yeah, you thought he died because he got sh- shot five times in the back, but he's fine. He just has a bit of ketchup on his lip. Wipe that off, man. And thank God that the blood or the bullets didn't ruin the little photo that he had in his jacket pocket. Because... Oh, well, that's why they're in the zippy. <laughs> yeah. Just in case I got shot that's in the back. He left the house this morning going, oh, there's a chance I'm going to get shot here. No, no, he didn't even do that. You hear the little ghost machine woman being like, should put it in a put little zippy bag, bag because you might get shot and just good idea. Nah, see, he left it on the bench and his, his wife probably put it in a zippy. Well, he doesn't have a wife. <laughs> he was a single father and his daughter died. Oh, maybe she put it in a zippy years ago. As a ago. ghost. <laughs> years ago and he's just kept it in a zippy. 
Now, Dolph Lundgren looks incredibly <laughs> like Jesus in this. I'm losing it here. <laughs> Dude, okay. we lost it a long time ago. This is. Dude, come on, guys. It's got Dolph Lundgren as Jesus. Did you ever think that you would ever want to see him as a Jesus lookalike? Look at this. This is. It's one a of bit the... rough, isn't it? He killed Henry Rollins earlier, which mm, is unfortunate because yeah. he was my favorite With character. With the through the hands thing. Through like the was, stigmata. Uh, yeah. You know, reference and crucifixion here. So. Uh, the dolphin they're going to use because they do set up that he's full of implants because there's the universe where, you know, cybernetic implants and all that are very prominent. So it's kind of neat how they kill him with this, where the dolphin's using his sonic beam yeah. or whatever to rip him apart with his own cybernetic enhancements. It's like, haha. And look, one of the advantages of watching this with the subtitles on is is knowing that the dolphin is squeaking. Oh, yeah. When the dolphin is squeaking. Yeah, I, yeah. Do you want to... I, no joke. The squeaking noise... They did not get what a dolphin actually sounds like. They got like um, who's the guy who does the dog voice? Frank Welker. Frank Welker. It's like if they got Frank Welker to sit on off screen and just the go. Guy who does the d- Frank Frank Welker's Megatron. I know. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, what, no, I know that, but one of the things he does a lot is. So you would rather go? It'd be good if they got Megatron to do it. No, That'd no, be pretty sweet. But why I said dog noises is because he's renowned in Hollywood too for being that noise that you hear from dogs. Yeah, like sure. if they don't get real like if they want expressive dog noises they get him like yeah. if you see a movie he's like the gibberish voice actor for like everything everything but yeah. so why I say like because it sounds like a person doing a dolphin noise it's not like real dolphins it's like <laughs> in the Would've background and, you, and it doesn't even use the water effect because he's underwater so you'd hear like <laughs> but you hear yeah. but they don't even do that because this film's saying he's a cybernetic thing maybe he doesn't need to use oxygen anymore Ooh. Maybe this well, is you, sonic I beamed. Him, I haven't seen him surface for air yet, so no, he does go up and down a bit. He opens his mouth a lot. They have nice little close-up shots of dolphin teeth. <laughs> Did you, how many films can you say have done that? <laughs> Other than Flipper, or that one where Morgan Freeman is in charge of dolphins with prosthetic tails. What's that? A dolphin tail. Oh wow. You haven't seen that one, no, huh? No, I haven't seen that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's based on a true story. God. There you go. Where Morgan Freeman one day just decided, I'm going to live in an aquarium and fix dolphins. Good um, on him. Cyborg yeah. dolphins? Well, not cyborgs. It's just a prosthetic. You wouldn't say a guy with a prosthetic foot is a cyborg. It's mechanical, it could be. Well, it's not. If they're a pirate with a peg leg, that's not really a cyborg. Well, no. No, for then it would have been. Semantics, really. I mean, yeah. <laughs> if it's Come sci-fi, sorry. you got to be semantic. Specific. Oh, okay. Whatever word I want to say. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So uh, Ice-T went on to have a great acting career. I think he's one of the, one of the best. Like He's in NCIS and stuff now, isn't he? Law and Order SVU. Law sorry. He's They're, been all yeah, right. They're all the same. How <laughs> dare you? That's the one about rape. That's the one all about the rape cases, SVU. And what I love about Ice-T in that is he's been there, I think, from the very beginning of that show. And there's a joke online about, like, there's whole scenes in which people have done compilations of he's that character that explains to the audience by asking questions of things. So it's like, she was violated through penetrative sex. And he's like, what? Penetrative? What does that mean? And it's like, he he stuck his penis in her vagina. He's like, oh my God, why would he do that? It's like, dude, you've been working in the SVU for 18 years. Yeah, <laughs> like Every time, every episode, he's that guy. It's like, you know, it was a B&E. B&E? What's that? What's that? <laughs> Come on, it's like, oh God. He's like a cop that doesn't work in that department at all. It's kind of like, I thought I was working in theft. 
It's like, you know, you're working. Get every day. VCRs ready. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Asking questions for the audience. They, I like how they also call the disease the black shakes yeah, as well, one. which they never fully explain either. It's like, they just got the black shakes. Why? It's a symptom. I don't know, I guess. Well, so the black racial, shakes? I'm pretty sure it's a racial slur. I don't know. I think it might be because this movie does not shy away from that this world is uh, racist as well. Like Keanu Reeves does have a few lines thrown in there as do the Japanese people about him being a white guy. So it's like, this isn't like, obviously we know it isn't it's a okay. U- Cause we're all racists. No, it's, <laughs> it's a dystopian world. So yeah. it's kind of like, it's not, this isn't Star Trek, right? This, this isn't utopian. Everything's fine. Everything's great. Obviously this is a screwed up, dirty, neo-noir, detective awful world where everyone's awful looking out for number one and the lesson is at the end of the day you can't always look out for number one sometimes you gotta look out for your friends <laughs> and you don't Aww. know sometimes your friends Sounds... live in the internet and you need to upload yourself into the web using state of the artifacts look at this wow. that's what Keanu looks like in the internet do, do you, do you it's kind of like see it works because it's stylized as well they're it not does trying work. to they're not, it's not trying to look realistic or anything yeah. it's, it's yeah. not Tron yeah right where where Tron was amazing for its time it's still kind of interesting but you look back at Tron you're like oh we've we've evolved a lot since since Tron came out yeah, with a effects lot of, a lot of Tron was practical too yeah that too there same with a lot of like a lot of, a lot of them are like sets. that too it's like in Terminator 2 a lot of the Robert Patrick effects do have a practical element because they had an actor who was an amputee mm. that they used a lot of practical things like when they smack him with the bar through his shoulder and he splits in half yeah like that's a practical with mixture of cg it's like the best directors know that you use practical and cg in unison hence well, one of the tools hence one of the greatest directors who knows how to use visual effects to the point in which you don't even question it is david fincher david yeah. fincher uses it all the time and you don't even notice it's got a bit of a uh, earthworm gym look about it him. It does, doesn't he? Without the muscles, obviously. Yeah. I was thinking that too. <laughs> <laughs> like, was that like, long, it was one of the hardest long games. Long swept back head. Yeah, I liked. Um, yeah, I think the people who made that game went on to make another one called the Neverhood, which is Neverhood. one mm. I loved. It's right just on. like all you have to do is point and click and walk around and discover why this world's empty. And it's like, oh, that's terrifying. Fire it's out. like, why is no one here? I'm like, oh, I don't know. It's all claymation looking and all that. It's like, why is no one here? Whoa. It's like, I don't want to know. They connect, they're connecting to Goldeneye now. Well, <laughs> I'm invincible. <laughs> Boris. Uh, so, look how they got VR correct. What did we watch? What was it? What was he? We watched it. Was he in Spice World? Was he in Spice World? Boris. Sorry, guys. Oh, yeah, Alan Cumming? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I listened to the episode where you talked about that, and I was oh, like... Christ, no. Yeah, you mentioned you mentioned that, and I was like, yeah, there's a lot of James Bond people in that. Like, yeah, you got Alan, You got Alan Cumming, you got Roger Moore oh, in Spice Lord. World. There's, I think there's one or two <laughs> other ones as well that are like great. James great. Bond reunion it's tour. A, it's a surprisingly great movie. <clears throat> a Spice World? It's, got, it's on the list. It is great. Uh, we all know who our favorite Spice Girl is. We don't need to say it. We all know <laughs> <laughs> who it is. It's Ginger Spice, right? You know? She's the one in which she's defined by her hair color and that alone. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, Bartek, in sci-fi... A that lot means of, science fiction. In science fiction, a lot of the um, villains are represented through evil industries or companies. Mm-hmm. Games, movies, books, shows. Yeah, it's uh, very much to the theme of dystopian futures. Do you have 
a favorite evil company or industry that are involved in like sci-fi or, or, Ooh, or movies in general? That's a good question. That it, is a really good question. It doesn't have to be movies. It can be games too. Like Aperture Science and the Portal games is pretty cool because they're one of those ones where it's like, they didn't mean to be evil, but it just kind of accidentally happened. Or you have like Waylon Utani. I was going to say Burke from Waylon Utani. That was my <laughs> go-to. What, what about... um? Cyberdyne. No, no, no. Oh, yeah, sorry. That's probably better. Not, what about... What about oh, damn it. This is going to... You know what? Come back to me. I'll come back to you. Bartok? <laughs> you're still hoping to come over? back to me, but all right. Well, I, I, you know, I like, uh, you know, that one, uh, Aperture from Portal. There was this TV show called Better Off Ted in which it's about this guy who works at this company and he's slowly discovering it's an evil company. Uh, like it's got uh, uh, Portia de Rossi in it and she's like the head of the company yeah, and right. all of the metal chairs are the metal chairs from uh, uh, Demolition Man. Ooh. And you know, they're very stylized. So it's like, I really like that show where he's discovering that this place is like this evil corporation. Obviously, for goofy ones, I really love uh, Hank Scorpio in The Simpsons. It's so, my favorite episode of The Simpsons. <laughs> it's my favorite too. Yeah, it has my favorite so Homer good. joke of all time, which is like him going through all the different hammock places. And yeah. he's like, they're all on third. You know what that is? And he's like, yeah, the hammock district. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you knew the whole time. Yeah. Um, yo, did you think that Dolph Lundgren's corpse was going to fight them? Because the movie wanted you to think it was. And then Ice-T just says, get rid of it. It's a piece of trash. <laughs> and that's why Dolph was angry. Ice-T just kept calling him trash throughout the whole movie. Yeah, he read right to the end and then just... Look at this end shot. It's it. like Fight Club. Do you think David Fincher saw this and was inspired? He's like, no one will watch this. I don't know this. if inspired, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. Maybe he looked and went, stole you know what, it. I can do that better. Stole it. He stole it. You're right. <laughs> you got it 100% right. So the film has... Un- Unfortunately, come to an end when we all wanted it to keep <laughs> going. Un- unfortunate is a strong term. It is. Like- <laughs> I think it's a very strong term because it's a, it evokes a lot of emotions. Stefan spelled like staff. Stefan. Stefan. We know Stefan. We do. He's yeah. been on the show, but he doesn't spell like Stefan. So, evil corporations. Before we get into our ratings and reviews, anyone? Oh, we never heard yours, Bartos. Bartek. Oh, what did I ask? Oh, sorry. Bartos. Oh, I'm not Greek, I'm Polish. <laughs> <laughs> that taught you a lesson. So, Corporation Evil, fun? I don't know. You could say Waylon Yutani, they're always a good one. I don't one. know what that is, though. From Aliens. I haven't... You haven't watched any of Aliens? I haven't, no. <laughs> Get the fuck okay, out of mate. here. You haven't seen Alien 4 Resurrection? I've seen Prometheus. The one Joss Whedon wrote? Well, they're in Prometheus. Well, um, Yutani is... Or Waylon, I can't remember. One of them's played by Guy Pierce as an old man, and he's like, I want to live forever. And then I get hit over the head with the literal head of Michael Fassbender. I guess. I I love how Prometheus tries to be this intellectual art film, but then it has moments like Guy gets hit over the head with other guys' head. Yeah. (laughs) So Bartek has none. Did you ever find yours? Um, we, we we never know. Well, I'm thinking because it wasn't it, they did it differently in the movie, but is it Shadowloo from oh, Street Fighter? From Street Fighter. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't that the name of the country? Yeah, no, it might have been. But I think isn't that? I think it was a company. M Bison's. M Bison's like, like the <laughs> ruler. Yeah, of, yeah. He's like the ruler of Shadowloo, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I guess Shinra from Final Fantasy VII could have been one. For there me, you go. But... Um, so the movies well are unfor- Tim. Well played, Tim. <laughs> the movies unfortunately ended, which is you know sad. Uh, we'll go into our 
ratings and, and reviews. Sid, there you go. Sid Mead did the... He was the visual consultant. He did all the, the work for Blade Runner. Well, there you go. That's all great. Concept, all I, concept I love work when, for Blade Runner. when those concept visual guys can go on or even cinematography guys can go on to do further projects and you, you expand upon them. Like, I think it's the cinematography guy for 2001 went on to make the film Silent Running. Or the visual effects guy, but yeah, mm. uh, you know, and that's one of those movies. Was like, wow, yeah, I can see, I can see how that guy came from two thousand and one, and I can see how the guy from Blade Runner came into this. I mean, you know, if you were a director and you were like, if I can get anyone from Blade Runner, I will. I will just get anyone yeah. from Blade Runner to be helping me with my sci-fi movie. You know, it's yeah, it's a sure. rule of thumb. If you but can then get, to get Sid made is pretty. That's a big win. That's a mm. that's a big win. So I'll give my rating and review. I'll start with the review, Johnny is a great film and a great person as well. At the end of the day, he becomes a good guy. He doesn't get his $10,000 hookers. Are we talking about mnemonic or English? Both. (laughs) (laughs) And let's chuck in Johnny Howard as well, the former Prime Minister of Australia and also the actor John Howard. Uh, Why not? Let's chuck them all in. Tucker. Uh, Yeah, John Tucker as well. And let's throw in his relative Chris Tucker. Why not? Let's chuck (laughs) all of them in. So this film was particularly great because I think one of the things that I learned about it was it was a film for me that grew upon many rewatches. There are films for myself that uh, I feel that with a lot. I feel like uh, pretty much a a good portion of Stanley Kubrick's films are like that for me in which the first time I see them, I'm a bit perplexed or a bit turned off because of the cold tone of them and I felt this way about this film it has a very cynical cold atmosphere to it it's non-apologetic and it does have a very punk mentality to it it is a film that says fuck the system also fuck you that's how it feels like it's one of those kind of movies that feels like it has contempt for the audience but in a good way it adds to the general atmosphere of the world of the story of the aesthetic of the of the uh, genres that it's trying to pull i feel that this movie is unappreciated i feel like a lot of the sci-fi tech ideas that it was peddling back then are being picked apart picked up now and being utilized like i've seen this idea of the guy with like the chip in his head and all of that kind of stuff used in other films after this and 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 some could say used better or used in different ways but it is one of these things where this film kind of was uh, you know setting up the groundwork for a lot of things and i feel like keanu reeves does a lot of stretching as an actor i i personally think he's a limited ranged actor i feel like if you have him talk too much <laughs> if he isn't ted and you have him as a serious guy. Like, I am an FBI agent! (laughs) Because it's bad. That's why it's great. It's funny. It's it's good because it's funny, right? Because he's saying it and he sounds like an idiot. I am an FBI agent. That's how Keanu works for me. In the John Wick movies, he's great because he doesn't talk very much. And he's good at action. And this movie proves he's good at action because you see him kicking and jumping and punching and shooting and all of that it is i wouldn't say this is an action heavy movie this is more of a thought-provoking movie if i had to give this film a rating which i you know i do i do have to give this film a rating i would give it um oh what one what can one give this film it would be dolph lundgren's pure annoyance of being there out of henry Rollins contempt for dolph lundgren being really annoyed being there um not even a mention of the dolphin 
thought Mon- I was going to get dolphins. No, I, I, I wanted to I wanted to leave the dolphin pit open for someone else. I didn't want to be the. I didn't want to start out and be like, guys, I'm taking the dolphin because I've talked about the dolphin a lot already. I didn't want to steal the dolphin rights from my dolphin fans. Um, We've got to find out who's going to bring up dolphin Lundgren first. <laughs> Yeah, we haven't said that yet. Dolphin, Dolphin Lundgren. Oh, great. Uh, who wants to go next? It's a well, fight to we'll the death. We'll go in a we'll, line. Uh, well, we we should give this a San Demas rating. Yeah, right? give us a San Demas rating. I, I, Explain it first. Well, a San Demas rating is what we use. This is a subtle, embedded plug. <laughs> uh, it's a crossover, so yeah, you've got to yeah. bring something into uh, it. Imagine if this was a crossover that I was like, I don't listen to their podcast. It sucks. <laughs> you only listen to us. <laughs> We just came, we just let them on because I don't know, we had Keanu Reeves in it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, we, we rate all our films compared to Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure that gets 100%. Uh, so, look, look, it was interesting. I'll give you that. The cybernetic dolphin, you know, <laughs> itself is, is 10%, really. Bill and Ted didn't put that in. No, no, exactly. Yeah. I don't think There's Bill probably good reason why they didn't put that in. <laughs> Hold on, the third film will be coming. Maybe they'll put it in that. You know, we don't know. We don't you know. never know. But look, it's it's low. Do yeah. You, uh, yeah. Do we want to do this together? Can yeah, we nice pull line. a number? I'm in the... 15 yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I like this. Let's go oh, no, 16, come on. 16 yeah. for the dolphin. What? Yeah. Not, hey, no, you got to remember. Not, not a 30 because... Listen. Dolphin, Keanu Reeves wants hookers, and you got Diz from you got, Starship Troopers. You got, you got to remember though, this isn't a rating out of a hundred. This is a rating against Bill this and Ted's Excellent Adventure. This isn't what I personally thought of the film. If, 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 <laughs> if we were going to sit here and say, okay, you held up Johnny Mnemonic and Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, and we had to choose. How much would we choose Bill and Ted over this? It'd be, what, what? 85% yeah. Well, come on. What about the idea of watching them both at the same time? That's just one on one screen, one on. <laughs> you know what? It, That's a Back to the Future two idea. Good yeah. idea. I think um, them trying to sandwich Henry Rollins into a doctor's role, and they did it really well though. And you, I mean, you didn't see him before, hear him perform. He was really good. Yeah, and the in- slight increase in range in Keanu Reeves. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, with Diz in there for. For good measure. Yeah. But you're right, like, Ryan, you were talking about the, um, you know, it, it played with a lot of concepts that are now getting used. Like, yeah. you're right, it, like, for watching it in 95... As a snapshot. Yeah, this would have been pretty interesting. I think it, I would have enjoyed it a lot more if I'd remembered seeing it. Mm. But, yeah. But right now, I'm like, well... Yeah, was... no, I'm, I'm, I think I'm happy with 16. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think we need to budge from that. But um, you're going to recommend it to everyone? Check it out at least once in your life. You gotta, you gotta see look, Keanu it, Reeves stretch himself as an actor. And, at well, least. look, and I'll probably end up saying, look, there's a guy in there that looks half like Andy Samberg and half like. <laughs> That's worth, but it's that. worth it. That and he gets his head cut off. But don't tell them nah, about don't the tell dolphin. You well, gotta, you gotta yeah. shock him with the dolphin. Like, like they've got to be. They've got to come in thinking that there's no dolphin. Because you, you want... There's a dolphin. Which we someone, all did. Well, you want someone sitting there for when J-Bone walks him in and goes, you know, here he is. And you just want to be sitting there and go, oh, piss off. <laughs> the best part no, is, I'm not watching this anymore. The best part of the whole sequence, I, I personally think, is they don't just surprise you like, oh, yeah, here's a dolphin. They have many establishing shots of the whole entire room and in the center you see a tank with a dolphin in it yeah. do you ever think why <laughs> no. is that there you're looking at the computers and stuff you're looking hey? at the computers yeah. you're looking at the people but 
to be honest, it is the most lit up part of the room. Like it is bright and colorful and there's yeah. a dolphin swimming there. And yet it still surprises you when he goes up. Here's Jones. Yeah. So you loved it, of course. We all love it. <laughs> I mean, obviously, but the, the, our system is is confining us. It's, to, it's, it's it, look, it's, it's infallible. It's, it's one of those action '90s action movies that has a great premise, but just fails to execute it properly. Maybe you'll find it's one of those ones. There's so many of them. Well, I think we're in a Keanu Reeves renaissance right now in terms of people appreciating him again because in between The Matrix and John Wick, it was a bit of a bit of a dry mm, spell like, like you know people didn't rush out to see 47 ronin and i can't think of many other films he had in between that were really well he's building his motorbikes <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> and where selling that got... cognac yeah. yeah uh i would like to see a, a reboot of this since we're in that like space that. and time possibly a chris with, nolan with nick cage with, well, you know what <laughs> i would i would go what? back and cast keanu again. yeah but the issue is if you if you get Christopher Nolan on board, you're going to get, you know, your standard Christopher Nolan oh. smorgasbord of actors you know who to choose you're, from. You know who you'd get as Johnny? So it's Tom Hardy. Tom no, Hardy. No, 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 not at all. He would get the guy, who's the guy who plays Scarecrow in the... Ooh, Cillian Ooh, Murphy. Cillian Murphy, yeah. He would get Cillian Murphy what? and he would get Tom Hardy as Spider. Ooh, yeah, because he, he's kind of like the Mad Max thing. Yeah, yeah. and and nice. you know he'll be speaking in whatever accent he so chooses <laughs> because it's Tom Hardy. Who's going to play the dolphin? That's well, uh, that's an obvious answer. Her name is Marion Coltyard, and she's already <laughs> available to play a dolphin. <laughs> Come on, guys! No fairness, she would play the ghost in the machine. Marion Coltyard. Yeah, she would play the ghost in the machine, yep. and then the dolphin. If you really had to pick a real life actor that Christopher Nolan likes to use. Voicing the dolphin. Well, Andy Serkis. <laughs> he yeah, used him point. in The Prestige. Good point. Uh, well, and you probably get Anne Hathaway to do Diz. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe. Uh, or maybe he would choose... Uh, uh, or what's the what's the Maggie name? John Hall. <laughs> no, no, no. The and then recast... Yeah. No. He's used... Ellen Page. Oh, yeah, he used Ellen Page a couple of times. Was <laughs> Ellen Page... She was in Inception. She was, the, she was the one that was like, I'm new here. Yeah, oh, Juno. Yeah. Yes, no, Juno. No, no. Um, <laughs> I go by character names. When I was time. I was in a share house with a guy and he had a real crush on, on, on her, Ellen Page, and he told me literally one day, he went, oh man, I love her. And he said, <laughs> he was really inappropriate, he said, if I could have sex with any celebrity, it would be her. Next day, she came out as gay. <laughs> and he was like, <laughs> he, said, he said, I wish I didn't say anything. Must have you. I wish I didn't say anything because that happened because I said it out loud. What's the, then, um, there you go. What's the actress from uh, Interstellar? Anne Hathaway. No, no, no. Um, the one who played Murph. Oh, um. He uses her a bit. What was, uh, what was her name? Oh, come can't, on, Brian. Can't think. Was she in? She was in Dun- Dunkirk, wasn't she? Oh uh, well, no. no, no, she wasn't. There weren't many women in. No, there wasn't. How do you guys figure that out, Bartek? What about you? You have a rating and a review for this? Well, yeah, this is my show. I have to have one. <laughs> Imagine if you said, "No, I don't." Stupid. I, I keep it to myself. <laughs> I'd rather not say anything. There at was all. one time where you asked the audience to figure out what your rating was. You're like. You decide what it is. Wasn't it that inter? I made a noise and said interpret. Oh yeah, inter- You just said my rating is. <laughs> Interpret what that means. <laughs> so I did have a review before it, though. Bartek, hit us with your best shot. One more time, baby. I watched the film. After I watched the film, I did my research on it. And this allowed me to have a meld of my 
outlook on it and the outlooks of others. I often struggle with sci-fi films. As much as I love the genre, sometimes I struggle to just wrap my head around everything in it. Like, Mm. the film started with an opening crawl, you know, giving you all this information. I mentioned, you know, I was eating, I had to pay attention to that. And I always have this thing where they have the opening crawl of, I read it, I say to myself, yeah, I get it. But then I doubt myself and I go to reread it and then the things, you know, move on. Then I read the next thing that comes up. Sometimes I go back and I'm like, yeah, I did get that. And I just, I don't know, I just get it over myself. And in the lead up to us doing the episode on this film, you kept warning me, or not warning, but telling me like, oh man, we're going to have a fun time with that. We're going to analyze the film and get deep into it. We did. Yeah, and... and I was I was mentally preparing myself for that because, you know, Bartek, you have to focus. You have to get ready for this episode. You have to talk about why this is the greatest film ever made. And I think one of the greatest things about this film is that I got it. Watching it, I understood everything. There was a bunch of, like, just genius elements to it. For example, there is a scene earlier on in the hotel where he's in the bathroom yeah. and a thug comes in. He knocks him out. Baldy it was. Baldy, I believe it was, yeah. Not only did he have an action movie one-liner, you know, you, you just say, like, you know, chill out or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Badass line. He threw in an insult there. Usually you go one or the other. Two. Brilliant. <laughs> and that's and, uh, that's another thing. Two, right. Two. Right, hold on. Two. I'm talking about the number two. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit before that, who does he talk to in the lobby? Oh, no, I don't know. Twin girls. <gasps> two. <laughs> Oh, wow, this film's got a lot going on. And as you move on, like, in that scene, he met two, you know, twins. He met two people. Mm-hmm. He met at least two more people throughout the film. Wow. Probably <laughs> more. Probably double what this, you were expecting. This is two. This is very deep. Oh, this is goodness. the deepest part of kidding. I know, what, I mean, I know what your rating is. I was... I was this, is, it's two. this is twice as deep as I've ever gone before. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Roger Ebert gave this film two out of four. <gasps> Well, he's, he's dead now, so who cares what he thinks, right? You know, that's one half, and there are two halves to a whole. Uh, yeah. um, but no, I, I mentioned earlier my outlook versus the outlook of the general public. Mm. Or, or, well, the cinema viewers that actually talk about it online. Um, and I really understood why this film is unappreciated. Mm. Because fuck the people online. <laughs> I researched this film on IMDb and YouTube. And usually, you know what, Ryan? We have fun with the YouTube comments, don't we? Yes. And I have YouTube comments. I have two IMDb reviews to bring in. But there were just so... And and look, I'm not blaming you for this, Ryan. But there were, there were two points in this episode where you brought up something that they just would not shut the fuck up about. <laughs> yeah. They kept bringing up the, oh, ha, ha, how funny, 80 gigs in his head. That's so little compared to today. They just would not shut the fuck up about it. They just kept going on and on. Everyone thought they were clever having the same thought. They were not giving the film A proper thought. Exactly. About- they weren't giving it 80 gigs of thought. Which, That's a good point. which teaches them a lesson. And what was the other thing that they couldn't let go of? You said there was two. Well, this is going to be big. Well, I didn't say there were two, but because two is a, you know, oh, the theme. Oh, I thought you obviously... meant there was literally two things they wouldn't let go of that I brought up in the episode. No, no, that, no, there, that... Were, no there were two times where you were like made a joke out of it. Like, Fair enough. Things. Yeah, I thought that or the dolphin. They're just like, there's a fucking dolphin in this. <laughs> I didn't put in Flipper. I didn't see Elijah Wood well, or two, Jonathan. There are two syllables in dolphin. Let's not forget, Jonathan Banks is also in Flipper. So There's a dolphin and dolphin. That's two, I guess. There you go. Yeah. Uh, rating? <laughs> or if I had to give two? this film a rating, I would give it a 
four out of four. Because that's two times two. <laughs> Love it. He he made you think what he was gonna where he was gonna go with that, and he twisted. it I on do his not head. like easy jokes. So guys, Bartek did bring up the fact that on our show we like to hear what other people thought. Um, you know, people online, the average moviegoer that had the ability to to go online to YouTube or IMDb. Because, you know, sometimes you have to hear other people's perspectives and, and kind of like go, okay, that's an interesting way to, to look at the film. Um, Bartek? Yeah, yeah. When you have reviewers like, you know, Roger Ebert or anyone who gets paid to review. They're film school people. They're like, oh, well, I can see the mise-en-scene here is adding up to, but an average they're person not... just went, the camera was on. Obviously, yeah. I'm not dehumanizing them, but they're not real. Whereas <laughs> YouTube and IMDb, that's where you get the real people. <laughs> and that's what I have for us today. <laughs> so, the first comment that I brought is, and this one has two responses. Oh, good. Sacrificing your childhood memories for an 80 gigabyte pen drive sounds too expensive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Obviously, this was one of the ones that, you know, but I had to include one. And the response was, and if there is a time machine and we can tell these 90s producer that 80 gigabytes is laughable and they need to use terabytes instead, lol. <laughs> <laughs> and then and you know this and then the last response was not if your childhood sucked. <laughs> See, this person that person thought about it. Was that you, Tim? Did you just get on there and do that? <laughs> hey guys, my childhood sucked. Could I at least replace it with I don't know 80 gigs of space? <laughs> well, that's the thing they're not taking into consideration. It's not like his whole brain. They're not removing all of his brain. It's just the childhood. And we don't know how long the childhood they're talking about. Like, what, five to ten? Who knows, right? Mm. 80 gigs is not bad. You know, not bad for just it's... that small percentage of the human brain. It's not like they're like, oh, dude, you got to sacrifice your ability to see as well. And half of it's stuff you just haven't cleaned up anyway that you don't need in there. It's all yeah, like, like you know, the his... third photo you took and you didn't, you, you just know, haven't that edited kid, it. Yeah. That red bike, no, that, that yellow. Yeah. I think in psychology, childhood ends at 12. Oh, there you go. Okay, yeah. so what else did the internet have to grace us with? Because uh, it's a pleasant place, the internet, you know. It's full of nice things. <laughs> Sorry, Martin, because I read the next comment. Oh, good. Imagine he had an 80 gigabyte of storage in his ass instead of his head, <laughs> and everyone wants to get that data out. <laughs> this is YouTube, isn't it? John, yeah. that's, I know who that is. That's the producer, John Peters. That was his original idea for the movie. He's like, if I can't get a spider in there, oh, it's, 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 it's got to be in his ass. <laughs> well, spiders do have big good booties, yeah. <laughs> Wasn't a bad film at all. Sometimes I feel like I need to get some shit out of my head too. See, that is very Rel- relatable. There. We all related to that yeah. person, didn't we feel it? I think this is the first movie trailer I saw when I saw The Mask. The plug in the head shocked my six-year-old self. <laughs> Very similar movie. That's, cool. That's yeah. a nice time capsule. Though. That is. That yeah. really is. You won't get that time back. Saw the last 30 minutes when I got home from Walmart and channel surfed. It's very, very bad. And bad not in a good way. Well, I think it's unfair to last judge a movie by the last 30 that's the minutes. Best, that's, that's the best 30 minutes. Came right into the dolphin. The dolphin. It's, it's got Jesus. It's got the preacher. It's got yes. a dolphin. Ice T's cracking one-liners. There's a laser thumb. It's got everything so for the movie. Ryan, that thing I just read there, those two sentences. Obviously, you know, YouTube comment, right? Yeah. No. Oh, no. I have so much disrespect for that comment that I refuse to acknowledge that it those two sentences were actually a one out of ten star review on IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> that was it? That was an IMDb review. 
What Two is- sentences, guy came home, watched the last 30 minutes, didn't like it. I have no respect. I do not put that in the category of the IMDb reviews. Wow, that's its own thing. I'd be questioning IMDb more than those. Yeah, yeah don't they usually have a limit on where's how much it, you can write? Yeah, that's right. We've had IMDb reviews. We've had IMDb reviews where it's like, oh, you have to have like 10 sentences to have a review. Ten so lines, Or yeah. 10 lines or whatever. I'm just going to repeat myself a million times. Yeah, they literally go like this. They have their, they succinctly show their thoughts and they go, wow, IMDb wants me to have 10 lines. So I guess I'll ramble on. And, yeah, but mm. that guy... To the point. And got one more for us? No, we're up to the actual IMDb reviews, not like that one. Thank God. And I brought two. Now, that one I mentioned was a 1 out of 10. The two that I have, one is middle of the road, one is 10. Can I ask, I guess, something very important? If you when you guys are going to go see a movie, Mm. you know, like Solo or, or anything new or old... Do you look it up online and see what the rating is, and does that ever influence you at all? No. I even try and avoid trailers now. Yeah. Yeah, I'm out. I'm, I'm out of, of doesn't the big blockbuster ones. It doesn't out. even have to be new, or, uh, new movies. Like, even old movies. Like, oh, maybe I want to watch, you know, this Keanu Reeves movie. Oh, how much is the rating on it? Oh, it's only like five? I don't know. If I was at home, I'd do that. Yeah. Because um, uh, I do if that. I'm going to, if I'm going to the cinema, I'm making a specific choice to go to the movies. And do you... So, no. Do you... Is, when you do that, do you, which one do you like to look at? IMDb or Rotten Tomatoes or what? IMDb's my usual. IMDb's haunt. mine too, yeah. but it's becoming less reliable because I went there the other day, Zoolander, 6.6 out of 10. Mm. No, that's crazy. That's a 10 out of 10 comedy movie. Like, I'm not <laughs> I didn't j- know which way you were going to yeah, go. Yeah, I, I was I'm trying like, to read you there. Is that like too high or is that too <laughs> high? <laughs> do, you know, do, you guys not like, do you guys not like Zoolander? <laughs> It's fine. It's one of his best movies. It's about a 6.7. It's fine. No, (laughs) you guys... It's definitely not a 10 out of 10 for me. It is. It's it's Ben Stiller's best comedy. Uh, Well, that doesn't still... That still doesn't mean it's a 10 out of 10. It's like someone on there gave Dodgeball a higher rating than that movie. That's fucking insane. You see, you're just comparing it to other Ben Stiller comedies in a field of like... What four or five? He has lots. Yeah, got well, all the meet the parents for us. Well, yeah. But if you're going, if you're going, they're the, the higher rated IMDb ones. rating. Then it's all film. Yeah, but when Zoolander, you know why Zoolander <laughs> yeah, also stand by my do, comment. Do you know why Zoolander also has a lower rating? Do you remember tell what year us, it came us. out? Two thousand one. That's true. Oh, that's a no, 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 no. That's actually a fact. Many critics at that time slammed. Any oh, comedy that came out in sure, 2001, sure. and Roger Ebert had to apologize to Ben Stiller years later because he was one of the people that said, "Do not watch this movie; it's not the time for comedy." Oh god! <laughs> and that's why it actually has a significantly lower rating because if you look at the reviews, most of them are from 2001, where everyone yeah, was like, right. "9/11 just happened" because it came out six days later. Ooh. Ouch. Ouchie! Imagine what they said about Master of Disguise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he really went up after Wayne's World, didn't he? Apparently, <laughs> I, I, was, I saw that in the cinema. Apparently, 9-11 happened as they were filming the Turtle Club scene, so <laughs> it was solemn while looking like that. Now, hit us with IMDb. Not totally enough for the Turtle Club. <laughs> dude, 9-11, 9/11 just happened. Oh. <laughs> dude, dude. 9-11's very not Turtle. Go back to your Al Pacino impression. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this first review is called, and it has it, the title's in a quote, I want room service. I remember that line. It's from the 13th of May, 2006. Oh, Six out of ten is the rating. Oh, okay, because it was 2006. I yes. see what they did there. And warning, spoilers. Guys, if you haven't seen the movie, oh, I'm good. I'm spoilers. Good. <laughs> this mentions a dolphin. In a nutshell, 
high-tech semi-cyborg Reeves stores info in his head and takes it around kind of like a mercenary. Provided that he downloads it before it kills him. But when he has info downloaded into his head that could very well save the world, well, he ends up having pretty much everyone and their grandmother coming after him. With his only allies being that sexy, sexually arousing Dina Meyer as a (laughs) would-be bodyguard woman and some low-tech gorillas led by Ice-T. That was the first paragraph and first (laughs) sentence. (laughs) (laughs) Not perfect, but engagingly trashy fun Kind of like a low-budget Matrix Dolph Lundgren is given second billing on the posters and video boxes But his part is relatively small Looking like Moses slash Gandalf the Grey on steroids I'm guessing he lucked out and got the second billing on video and posters Because he was the only other person other than Keanu Reeves at the time who had anything remotely resembling audience recognition thanks to his roles in Rocky IV, Masters of the Universe, and Universal Soldier. And his death is most gruesome. Well, if nothing else, rent and watch it for the aforementioned sexy, sexually arousing (laughs) Dina Meyer. Jesus. Did you guys find her sexually, sexually arousing? Sexy and sexually arousing. Because I didn't find her in this movie. If we're talking about Starship Troopers, where she actually gets naked, then fine. But like this one, we only see side booby. That's not not enough. But for them, it is. And you have another one from IMDb, last one. Yes, this title is Greatest Film Ever Made. See, guys, someone else thinks it too. From the 4th of November, 2016, 10 out of 10. Whoa. Whoa. (laughs) This is big, this is big. You don't... Yeah, this is a big one. It's shorter than the previous one, but it's a big one. 972 BD, in brackets, before Dolph. Oh, God. (laughs) Yep, yep, I'm on board. Sing it to me, sister. Yep, this is good. I'm I'm in the world. Before the Dolph. fact that I have to read this is, you know, making very happy. <laughs> Before Dolph, yeah, yeah. God, the second word that's going to come out of my mouth. <clears throat> the Galactizzy is barren. At, at the edges of its barrenness is a, this is one word, lightsaber beam wielded by the... <laughs> by the what? Bartek. At the edge of the Galactium. By the mighty Jesus which is one word, and it's literally spelled hey and Zeus. <laughs> God of the sun. This review was done by Ice-T, wasn't it? Or the fifth... <laughs> you, you know it was done by Dolph Lundgren. Remember, he call- he's a genius. Didn't he just call it Galactizzy? <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll start at the end. Yes. Give, give, us, <laughs> give us another read-through, Bartek. We, we, we really are engaged I, I, in this modern-day philosopher. Yeah, I, I want to get through this whole thing in, like, you know, one... Let's do it. ...read. <clears throat> 972 BD, which you know is before Dolph, the Galactizia is barren. At the edges of its barrenness is a lightsaber beam wielded by the mighty Jesus, god of the sun. Oh, sun, S-O-N, by the way. Oh, good. (laughs) Or or the fissionists would have you believe. It's really just a (laughs) Dolph delivery machine, our world. And so into it is Dolph, and from Dolph begat Jonay Memomic. (laughs) <laughs> the film also features Neo and Morphine, but it's really Dolph's show. By the way, there are kangaroo people in this, so look out for them. They have pouches. Three, three, slash Uno. 
Wow. You know what? They reviewed Johnny Mnemonic, Tank and Girl, and The Matrix yeah. all in one review. Fantastic. So, Ryan... If we find that review on The Matrix thing as well... No, you won't, you won't find it, Ryan, because I looked up this user. <laughs> he only reviews Dolph Lundgren films. <laughs> they are all as nonsensical as that, and they're all just about Dolph Lundgren. Yes. <laughs> Spectacular. Yeah, before oh, I gave Dolph a bit of flack because I haven't watched many of his movies, no fan, but and I said which, he was which cranky. Which made me like giggle like oh. But there's one person wait. out there. His name's Dolph Lundgren who really loves so Dolph nice. Lundgren. So that's it. That's the movie covered. We talked about Johnny, and I think we nailed it. The internet agrees. It's the perfect movie. It's got Dolph Lundgren in it. You know, before before Dolph. Well, I didn't see Spit and Polish in the movie, internet movie. You no, know, no, I didn't either. So you guys at home have been fantastic, amazing, wonderful listening people as always. Uh, uh, it's great to have you guys on the Sandemus yeah, boys. Do you like to have a nickname as the podcast, like the Sandemus boys oh. or the Sandies? <laughs> well, no, <laughs> no to that second one. Yeah, what? Uh, That's exactly <laughs> what I'm going to call you. <laughs> oh <here>. god! <laughs> so, guys, well, maybe we were joined by acronym? the Sandies. Um, so we, we the Sandemus lads. We've had a few times. Lads. I don't know. Whatever. Do you like being a lad? SDSF guys. <laughs> SDFF. <laughs> We get just Sam Davis. Sam Davis, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because, well, you know, I'm going to call you the Sam Davis. It's a big name, so, you know. When, 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 when we eventually come on your show and we do whatever movie and I just come on and be like, hey, Sandys, and yeah. you're like, kill me now. Yeah, yeah. But then we'd be, <laughs> what would we be, spitties? Spitters. <laughs> <laughs> hey, spitters. <laughs> it was great to have you on. I, I know that you guys, uh, you know, how regularly do you guys upload? Is there... Um, uh, like kind of schedule thing. Do you yeah, go we're once for- a week or we're fortnightly? Fortnightly. Yeah. yeah, Mondays, Monday mornings. You'll get us. Yeah. every and, every other week. And you're you're on you're on iTunes, I imagine. Yeah, yeah we're all on that, all that. Pretty much. Yeah. I think we're not on Spotify. If you're looking for us on Spotify, I know. Work, I only we only just got on Spotify. <laughs> it takes ages. Does it? You guys are on SoundCloud, I know as mm. well. That's where I listen yeah. to you. Yeah. <laughs> but just on all your we whatever also have podcatchers. Spanish site or whatever it is. Oh yeah, there's there's like one Spanish streaming site that gets any any podcast and just streams it for Spanish listeners, but it's all in English because we're English. But yeah, yeah. Cool. Is that what you listened? <laughs> I know, but like, he's like, I only listen to Sandys on the Spanish streaming site. <laughs> I want to make it best. extra difficult. Do you say, um, that site's bullshit because it doesn't have our first 24 episodes. Fair enough. Do you guys, for newcomers, do you ever recommend an episode to start with or just from the very oh, beginning? We've never been asked that. No. Because I often think about that when I say to my friends, hey, you want to listen to us? Listen, because our first episode is Big Fat Liar with Paul Giamatti, mm-hmm. and that's always a great way to start. So do you ever do you have one that stands out for you guys? Having Look, we've had a few favorites. So stuff keeps coming back. The Highlander one was good. Um, I liked your Zohan. Zohan was, that was Zohan the first. That was the first one I listened to because I was expecting a very divide. I was expecting a lot of anger and annoyance, but it seemed <laughs> yeah, like anger. more like... Some of us didn't like it, and some of us thought, "Hey, it was funny if it was a sketch." We're, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just a lot of defeated. Revolver's a good one of yours, yeah, because yeah, it's uh, three who, against no, one. Who liked Revolver? Julian. Nobody. Yeah, I mean Julian. <laughs> Julian. Because yeah. that was one of my favorites. Because it's like everyone hates it except for one person. He, and he's he like, I will defend it. it. Yeah. I've seen Revolver, seen... and I don't like it either. But you know what? No rock and roller. You, when you were mentioning before about, oh, have you? Do you have a movie that you have watched and watched and watched to try and love? 
Julian's like that with Revolver, but he kind of loves it. But he's, <laughs> it's more like he wants to understand. He wants to understand. It, yeah. But it's so poorly made that he'll probably never understand it. I, but he doesn't quite understand that he'll never understand I love, it. I love that so, there's a random animated bit in that. It's as just well. sad. Yeah. It's like we're watching a downward spiral. And we don't know how to stop it. We, it's like he's got a drug problem and we, we need an intervention. Yeah, yeah. so... <laughs> yeah, you guys at home, you can find them, you know, St. Demas School of Film. I'm so terrible with podcast names. I, I kept saying to my to Bartek, like, oh, have you checked out St. Demas Film School yet? And I'm like... <laughs> Why didn't you remember that? Or, well, that's, well, that's what we are on Twitter. So we're SDFS pod on Twitter. Sure. We're at San Dimas Film on. I don't know why we're on Instagram, but we're on there. And <laughs> yeah, I made and, a joke last week about Instagram. I'm like, we're a fucking podcast. We're not doing Instagram. Yeah. Fuck you. Um, and San Dimas Film at Gmail. But I mean, Facebook's the easiest way to Facebook, get in touch with us. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course, we are. You know, it's been polished presents. We're on all of those things too. Not Instagram. We are on Spotify though. So yeah, take good. that, Sandys. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and the Spanish site. And the Spanish site. And the Spanish site. Uh, you know, yeah, you can look us up on everything. We're on, we're on, since we're an Australian podcast, Australia doesn't allow us to be on Google Play unless you're really tricky, oh, which I am. Yeah. So you can listen to us on there if you're an international listener. There you go. Um, we're on everything as well: Facebook, Twitter, all of that. You know, Spit and Polish presents. You'll, you'll, you'll at Spit Polish Pre. Yeah, Spit <laughs> Presents. Yeah, on on Twitter. Uh, we're not very pro with Twitter, but Facebook is where we're very good at too. So. Mm. If you ever want to suggest an unappreciated masterpiece, which we've been getting a few suggestions of, mm. some of them I'm like, no, those are appreciated. Do not come at me by saying, do trading places. Everyone mm. loves trading places. <laughs> now, if you came to me and said, do that other one with Eddie Murphy, you know, you know the one, Nutty Professor 2, the clumps. Oh. We'll do that. <laughs> the <Wow>. clumps. <laughs> Meet the clumps I or whatever. I have heard of that. <laughs> oh, well, the Nutty Professor is great. Well, I know the Nutty Professor. Nutty Professor 2 is even better because it focuses on the clumps. His family. Right. At the end, I'm pretty sure the mother multiplies. So <laughs> focus on that. Um, guys, <laughs> at some point, we'll have you guys on again or the other two yeah, be great. on again. I don't know if it will be a Keanu movie necessarily because, I don't know, he's done every every movie is pretty appreciated of his. Maybe cool. not the last little, Buddha. Little Buddha. Little Buddha, little or, Buddha. or the lake house. But uh, <laughs> maybe one of those. Yeah, honestly, maybe... I think this one was one of his low-rated Roger Ebert reviews. Roger loved him. Yeah. He was like, we'll he's my favorite reaction. actor. What about Shame um? Reaction. What about Alex Winters? We could yeah, delve, into his, Alex Winters. Ooh, delve into his catalog and see some. Oh, the other one, the Bill. other one from Bill and Ted. Bill, yeah. <laughs> Didn't he go yeah. into directing more? Yeah, yeah. Directed, I think he's producer. He's still I think he's stuff. directed one or two movies I've actually seen and liked. Mm. I can't remember, but you guys as always have been fantastic, amazing, amazing listening people. Until next time, do remember to be Dolph Lundgren to one another, and also be kind. Unlike Dolph Lundgren, apparently, who's very mean, according to the hot take artist himself, Henry Rollins, who, as we all know, is a guy that personifies happiness and niceties. <laughs> so if he says Dolph is mean, you know he's telling the truth. Until then, well, keep on, keep on going. <laughs>